0: Hello and welcome to episode 99, our final double-digit episode of the Random Town Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Angel. And this episode... <laughs> this episode is called, You Gotta Be Squidding Me. Now, we're hoping that's your reaction to our ridiculous title for this episode, but we have it... We named it for two reasons. One is, of course, Splatoon. We have full impressions of the does show because that is the it game of the moment. And two... We expected this episode, or I expect, I don't want to speak on your behalf, but I expected this episode to be pretty light on news. We're going into E3, it's the final days, usually what happens in past years is companies are like, yeah, we're going to have these games, and you can check them out, and we'll announce some more at E3. And that's pretty much it. This year, though, everyone feels the need to announce their games now, including for the first time ever, I think, Nintendo had pre-show, pre-E3 announcements, and a lot of them. So again, it's kind of like you got to kidding me that like suddenly there's all this news. There's gonna be like and peaceful, the the calm before the storm. But no, we're in the storm. So in this episode of the show, uh, in addition to Splatoon impressions, we're gonna be walking through or talking through a lot of that news and sharing opinions on a lot of the games that've been announced. Um, we're just gonna kind of weave our way through it. There's a bit of a a bit of a flow to it. But if there's any specific games you want to hear? Of course, there are timestamps at RandomTown.com. As a regular listener, listeners should hopefully know by now. Hopefully. And uh, if you, or if you, you know, today's the day the Smash Bros. DLC came out, or the it, day was live. We also wanted to
1: know that by now that no title's too stupid or clever for us.
0: Yes, we, we have very low bars for this. A very low bar. Like, it's like, is it wordplay? Check, yes? Okay, oh, we're did
1: you say that our bar is so high we ourselves can't even reach it?
0: Yeah, that might be better. Yeah. There have been a few, though, that have been, like, Top tier. Right. Some make it over. Inklings of Greatness, which was our preview episode for Splatoon where we went hands on with it a couple months ago. That's a better name than You Gotta Be Squidding Me. Or it's a worse name. I, depends on how much you like You Gotta Be Squidding Me. Uh, but anyway, so if you if you uh, don't want to use timestamps and you need a break from all that Smash Bros. DLC that's out the same day as this episode, Lucas, Meaver, Stage, whatever, you're welcome to listen to the whole episode. So, with that said, we should probably jump into perhaps the most surprising of all, which was that Nintendo. They didn't just announce a few things, but they had a full-fledged mini Nintendo Direct, or as they called it, a Nintendo Direct Micro, complete with little tiny, squeaky Bill Trennan. Um, Micro that- Bill. Micro Bill, you're right. Uh, they had that literally the day after we posted our last episode. It's funny because a lot of things we talked about in our last episode, like, oh, in Europe they announced Academy for Wii U. Uh, they announced Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon, but said nothing about it. All Nintendo did in that Direct, in part, was, hey, that Academy game? Well, now it's coming to the U.S., and it's called Home Studio. And guess what? It has Amiibo support, if you look at the eShop page. Right, Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon? Yes, it has no gimmick, just like we were saying. It doesn't seem to do. Except every Pokemon ever is in it. And there's uh, Mega Evolutions, confirmed just the other day by Famitsu. So that part we don't need to cover, really. What we should probably cover are the new things that they didn't talk about. Um, I mean, even then, did you know there's a new Dr. Mario game for the 3DS? You can download it right now. Miracle Cure. Miracle Cure.
1: I don't know what it is about Dr. Mario, but I can never get excited about me it. Me neither. I think it's the pace. It's just like... I don't know. Maybe because the music in Tetris is pretty fast, but like compared to Dr. Mario, everything just seems so slow. Yeah. It just like, kind of bores me.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't like the mechanic very much. Like I'm okay with it, but I much prefer like the mastery of like I, I keep, I keep or forgetting that the audio Tro-Z. is just
1: to get rid of the virus. It's just the viruses. Like, yeah. For some reason... You just want to match I, them I all, right? kind of just right? forget everything, and then it's like, oh, I have to clear everything, or just just play Tetris, basically. Yeah, well, uh, that
0: might be why you don't you know, enjoy it because you're playing the wrong no, game. No, I mean, no. But but I, yeah, if I, that's... I do like
1: the music in general. Actually, maybe more the Smash Bros. remixes because they're a lot more upbeat, yeah, more uptempo. But...
0: And you know, according to uh, Nintendo's press release for the game when it came out in the eShop on Thursday, nine out of ten doctors agree that will not cure anything. They actually wrote that in the press release. So if no, you no, thought you man, gotta be squidding what me, was that one doctor. Uh, some uh, is there anyone with a doctorate at Nintendo? Perhaps as <laughs> just like pay, being paid off, but um, yeah. So that's out. There's Platoon well, DLC You don't have out. to be
1: an actual medical doctor to be considered a doctor. I know Kanye
0: West is now a doctor of the arts. He got a doctorate the other week, so now he's Doctor Kanye West. If you're in the art world, otherwise he's still just Kanye. Uh,
1: congratulations, Kanye.
0: Yeah, you did it. You did it easy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So what? Or
1: was it? What did you say? When I said I bet it wasn't, or maybe it was. Wasn't. good you it easy
0: Oh, Yeezy, easy. I see, I see, I see. Anyway, yeah, so we're not covering any of that, was my point. What we are covering are the new announcements. <laughs> 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 yeah, so so now that we talked about it for like five minutes, how we're not talking about these things, let's talk about what we are talking about. So first up, uh, I think the coolest announcement, just because it came out of left field, is uh, they're making a new Trippie Robo. Every year we always
1: say Chibi Robo Electric Boogaloo, and I guess we and only this got year, half for that, right? Yeah, I mean we're bound to get Chibi Robo every year. We kept saying it. Yeah, I mean eventually that dream must it, come Electric true. Bougaloo, and that it wasn't a proper
0: Chibi Robo. Yeah, that's what that's what's interesting. It, well, first of all, it's interesting that this direct. It was very clear. I mean, Chibi Robo being the highlight of the direct really emphasizes this. This was Nintendo going. We have a lot at E3, and it's a lot for Wii U, and a lot of stuff's going to get buried by that news. So let's push out all the lesser games, not lesser in quality, just lesser in. Uh, Status. status let's push those out beforehand and chibi robo is literally the embodiment of it because this is a game that you know it never has done particularly great but I, but i love it like
1: i feel sorry for chibi robo like that little montage they showed us a direct where it's like oh here he is and chibi robo plugging for adventure it got <laughs> worse than <laughs> a, a full fledged adventure game <laughs> yeah. then he's like well there was one in japan like yes yeah,
0: for ds there was a sequel to yeah 15. it was a sequel
1: too like which is which is really cool like i mean i wish we had at least gotten that but mm-hmm. So, either way, it's still kind of a downgrade. I mean, sure, it's on the DS, but i mean, just, like, thinking of the big fish. You're like, okay, he got yeah. down from that. Then he got an even further downgrade in Park Patrol. Which
0: is well, Park, it's, you part. know what's interesting? Park Patrol came out between them. So, he was, like, on a roller coaster of emotion for a little while. Because it went, like, original GameCube game, which was case, great. The same, Park <laughs> Patrol, <laughs> which was pretty good. In See, the order well. that I found out about them. Yeah.
1: And, well, either way, he went from, like, big adventures on a console to small adventures on the handheld.
0: To a photo to, adventure. Yeah, so a photo, like, even like more cut down, and then now yeah. a side scroller, like, what's next to match 3 game? Yeah. <laughs> next is just going to be, like, poke him with the stylus, and he beeps, and that's the whole game. <laughs> but yeah, for those who don't know, so just to really quick fill so it no, in. No, no, it's
1: going to be, you have to match different outlets to the okay. different, like, kind of you plug
0: in. And the thing is, it's just two different types of outlets. It's going to be an alarm. With, yeah. Know, like an alarm you plug in. It's going to be a theme for the 3DS. It's going to be skinned. It's just going to be, like, <sighs> you can put game logos on top of his plug for $2. Chibi-Robo, everyone. No, but uh, for those who aren't fully aware of what this is, the new Chibi-Robo for 3DS, they're calling it Ziplash, which is a great pun of a name. Better than you gotta be squidding me. And, um, it's, like you said, it's a side-scrolling action game. Chibi-Robo, instead of cleaning, instead of using little squirt guns, that he's instead of doing anything he's ever done, like, take things out of his head, he instead is using his electric cord, his plug, as a whip. It's Bionic Commando with Chibi-Robo in, a like, 3D rendered graphics side scroller, that's what. 2.5D. 2.5D, but um, well no, 2.5D means he goes in and out of the screen somewhere. I don't think. he no, does No, it's just um. No, 2.5D is where like it like Kirby 64 Crystal Shards is 2.5D. That's how they describe Street Fighter. Really? Yeah. Oh, I guess different. Well, doesn't Street Fighter pivot the camera sometimes? No. Okay, never mind. It's still a side scroller. i to Tekken. Is this
1: a 3D polygons in a, in a 2D plane?
0: Ah, oh, all right, that works. Uh, but yeah so that's like 3D yes oh yes. Uh, whatever doesn't yeah. matter we know people, they know what everyone knows mean. what we're saying but yeah so um, <laughs> so he has his whip and you can do things like attack enemies with it Um, you can reach the, the big thing is you can use it to reach harder reach get to hard to reach places and if you collect get the big thing no I said the big thing is you can use it to reach oh. hard to reach places and or did I say get the big thing well the, the big the big thing with that is you can collect boost balls which let you extend his cord even farther so there's some perverted joke in there that I'm choosing not to make. uh whips out his core but what?
1: I said whips out his core. Yeah,
0: exactly. But uh if nothing else, he's building his Smash Bros. moveset here. I've since day one of the Smash Brothers ca- uh, character ballot, I've been avidly and by that I mean one time, tweeting that they need to make him one of the characters and everyone should go vote for him. And then here he comes with a full for... pre made moveset. you
1: mean you didn't even vote for a custom Robo? No. I didn't even notice that they removed his assist
0: trophy from Smash Brothers. What? He was in Brawl? Wait, Chibi or Custom? Custom. Well, Custom's not a person. That's a whole game. But.
1: No, no. No, that's well. Either way, there was a Custom Robo. I guess the main blue, red, white Yeah, one. yeah. And they took him out? Yeah, I never noticed. What? Because I remember, like, wow. I, you know, someone pointed it out, and I'm like, oh, wow, you're right. I don't remember that little tiny flying robot shooting stuff all the way. Custom Robo's thing. great.
0: Well, we'll get to Custom Robo. Trust me, we will get to custom Robo in this episode, and not in a good light. <laughs> oh, we will. Oh, we will. I have many thoughts. I have many feels about custom Robo. No, but uh, Chibi Robo. Since let's stick with the first robot here, the cute one. Uh, yeah, I think, I think the game's probably gonna be fun, and obviously the brilliant Smash Bros. stuff. But no, I think the game's gonna be fun. But the thing is, like, why do they keep downgrading him? Like you were saying, because like, what was great about Chibi Robo the first time around? Like we we kind of passed on the fact they had a full fledged adventure, but we should talk about it for a sec. Like it was an awesome game it was like a swan song game of sorts for gamecube and it was really good because it's an open world experience but it was within a house but everything was giant because you were a tiny robot and then you got to like go do your own thing you explored how you want but as you discover new rooms and the house kind of builds out almost in like a open world 3d metroidvania vibe like you know you build out more and you get more abilities as you do it um you encounter all these crazy characters with all these weird personalities and they have all these tasks for you that weren't like Gimmicky mini games, but actual things that leverage what you learn from just cleaning and using those tools, and is really well done, really thought out, really well written. Great personality, and only some of that seems has carried on. So Park Patrol is the same idea, but they took out like the uh, the open worldness. is much more compact. You're m- managing a garden, which makes sense. It's on the DS, and it had really kind of iffy touch controls instead of normal controls, which kind of dampened the experience a bit. Then you had... Uh, or put a damper on the experience, I should say. Then you had the, one, the sequel you were talking about, which was a little close to the original. And then Tal said, screw it, and decided to make it their next Kirby. So you know how Kirby has, like... But at
1: least Kirby was like, let's try these, like, really crazy, new, innovative things. Yeah. And it's like... She probably was like, we need a... We have a gimmick here. Oh no, we have, yeah. we have something we want to showcase. is It's just... Use yeah, basically... Except this one was like... I don't know. We want to make Shiggy Robo but we don't want to put the effort in it. Yeah, and the thing is no, like... I think the game isn't going to be good because I want to say they didn't put effort in it but I mean it's not the it, same kind of effort required to make a full-fledged game.
0: See, uh, now it could be really good but for, real quick about um, the Kirby thing because that's kind of interesting point. It's like, Nintendo Nintendo's interesting in how they do it. They do A lot of their franchises they'll do like this halfway like Oh, let's be unique with this character. Like Donkey Kong had Donkey Konga and had King of Swing and that sort of thing, along with standard games. Kirby has Rainbow Curse, Canvas Curse. Uh, what's the one with the bajillion of them? The little the what you Mass know? Attack. Mass Attack. Like they had all those like crazy air ride for Game Two. They had all these weird ones, but then simultaneously they made normal ones. So you have Donkey Kong, Kirby. They're doing that, and then Shubie Robo. They're like, Yeah, let's just. Let's just keep putting him in a new genre, but let's not make it interesting. Like, Unless they yeah.
1: announce, like, one for the Wii U. They won't. And then, like, use the gamepad to like, kind of, like, to look through his eyes.
0: They so, will, one way and one... They will under one circumstance if this does well. This is the test. Because, basically, they're taking this niche character who they have a lot of faith in, clearly. And they're going, let's put him in the most mainstream, casual-friendly game yeah, possible. Yeah, basically
1: revolve the, yeah. the director on them. I mean, micro bill. Hope he's okay.
0: Hopefully. <laughs> but, they, <laughs> but, yeah, they, they uh... What was, I guess, what was I saying? Oh yeah, they put like they put all their eggs into the, like super mass appeal basket with this one. And they made an amiibo a for basket. it. It's a very tiny basket. And they made an amiibo for it, which guarantees it's gonna at least be the best seller of the series thus far. Because I think honestly that's why Chibi Robo keeps getting not dumbed down, but they keep moving further and further away from the original, is that they like the character and there's a fan base for the character, but no one's buying the games for whatever reason, so let's just keep doing it down to get them to buy it. And to be clear, Park Patrol is still pretty fun. Photo Finder, which was the augmented reality one, like, it kind of still had hints of old Chibi-Robo, and it was decent for what yeah, like it was. They had the games. None of them were
1: bad games. They yeah, just they just weren't the original. We just really like the original so much that we wish we had like, more yeah, of that. Yeah,
0: exactly. And, and the thing is, I mean, even if this is just kind of a generic car, not the they still, A, have the Amiibo, and B, which means like I'm happy as a chubby road fan because that amiibo, it's so perfect. Like he's sitting on a little grass mound, and it's it's, it's, the it's probably light. It's probably accurate size for his character. I would love
1: for it to have been like him posing with like the brush, like the toothpaste, like him cleaning up yeah. as he does. But I guess he's not even cleaning in this game, so that wouldn't make sense.
0: It makes more sense for him to be carrying his plug, I guess. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it would be cool, but so many little parts doing that. Yeah. yeah but um because the brush would have to be you know tight but what I was gonna say yeah, is, um, I
1: mean no I mean they figured it out yeah. I mean, yeah
0: but I mean what was I saying so the Amiibos I mean they figured move. out the, the Splatoon Amiibos that's true oh yeah that's what I was gonna say is don't don't ask how that connected but what I was gonna say is that um the other cool thing they're doing with this is and with all these Chibi Rogans even if we don't like that the gameplay's um changing it still has that personality the writing's still funny. The characters are still really bizarre. There's a mustard and ketchup ball that talk to you and our brothers. Like they have crazy. They did
1: get rid of the most important factor though. What? You, you mean you don't know? The um, his walking chimes.
0: Oh, that's right. Wait, it might be back in the three Ds one. We don't know that yet.
1: Well, it wasn't. That'd be in super the, annoying. It wasn't, in, it wasn't in
0: the gameplay. That's true. I mean,
1: I guess like you said, like, it could be in the gameplay, but that's like. I don't know. I, I thought that was like one of the most iconic things about. It's true. Over. Yeah, every
0: time you walk, their little music played. We Actually, no.
1: It, 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 I, I didn't think it got annoying in the first GameCube game when you're like running all That's over true. the house. That's
0: true. and the music it fit with it. Too. Yeah,
1: and it kind of changed depending on what surface you were on too. But I guess on the side scroller, they I don't know.
0: Yeah, <sighs> but yeah, it seems like it's just. I'm, I'm happy the personality's there though, because at the end of the day, like, at least that is half the experience. Dead. At least they didn't kill
1: off the franchise.
0: Yeah, and it is worth knowing that like the amiibo does some kind of cool stuff. It's not just there to for show, like you can scan it into the game and he becomes super powerful, which is kind of a cheap I mean cheap he could I
1: mean he couldn't have just like collected something. Like, no, but well something. they said there's
0: more but the the interesting thing interesting thing is you can save your high scores to the amiibo and presumably somewhere compare them somehow. I'm not sure where the high scores go when they're on the amiibo, but Nintendo says there's more features for that amiibo coming soon. So like they'll announce them leading into the launch in October. So I don't know. I mean, I lo- I'm very happy Chibi-Robo's around. And we sound so down and out on it, but it's great that they kept the character alive. I'd rather have a, a Chibi-Robo of any sort with at least a hint of the old gameplay and all that old personality than have nothing. No, no. Yeah. So it's a step in the right direction. It's just kind of just it's, playing it's, that it's so... It's just a reminder that we yeah. don't
1: have the one we want. But what we do have, I guess, is still fine.
0: Yeah. And while we're on the topic of robots... I mean, you brought up Custom Robo earlier, so we might as well talk about the not-Custom Robo that they announced. So the other big new announcement in the micro-direct is that Nintendo's releasing a different robot-battling action RPG than what Custom Robo was, which for those who haven't played it, it's on GameCube, it's on DS, it's great. Um, and this new one is called LBX Little Battler's Experience, and it's basically the Western release of a Level 5 property. I think they called LBE. It, it's lowercase e, capital X. Oh, okay. 'Cause it I, looks cooler.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess. L B E sounds kids. yeah,
0: if you're a kid you need an X at the end. Or like a Z. I don't
1: know why L B X sounds like a workout.
0: LBX reminds me too much of LBJ, the the president. Like you know how like Mega Man it's like in the year twenty because you don't know what year it's like. It's like, oh Lyndon B. Smith? Johnson? Could be any last name. Like it just it feels weird to me. But um All right. Yeah, I don't know, I know that's very bizarre. But um but yeah, so this game is this was level 5's first crack. I did a little research. This was level five's one of their first attempts at these cross media onslaughts they're doing with like Yokoi Watch in Japan and soon in America, or like how Pokemon was rolled out in the nineties where it's like a show, merchandise, game all at once. They first tried it with an action RPG with robots, LBX, and it did okay. But then they tried again with your Koi Watch and then it took off. So now Nintendo's like, Well, I mean kids like robots and we already got your Koi Watch, we might as well do LBX too. So that's what they're doing. Uh, the the thing is, it really is just Custom Robo from the looks of it. Like, you're essentially building your own customized robots. You're battling them in, like, an open arena, kind of button mashy action style. There are 130 different core robot models. There are 4,000 different parts. You can mix and match. Use the touchscreen to do so. This is exactly how Custom Robo Arena played. Only difference is the environments are kind of blander in this one, and there are up to six players in this one, while I believe Arena custom robo arena maxed out at four or maybe even just two yeah but
1: i saw some footage of custom robo the other day it's a fun game and just like from just like first impression, person looking at both pieces of footage like the custom robo looks a little better even though it's like a ds it does. game and it's it does. a 3ds game
0: yeah it just it just strikes me it's so weird because this is like why would Nintendo, I mean, I mean, obviously Custom Robo isn't coming back anytime soon, but this was really the final nail in the coffin. Like, that game did okay in sales as well. It's another Chibi Robo situation. But this was really the final nail in the coffin. Like, that, this is like Nintendo back in the 90s going like, yeah, we make Pokemon, but sure, we'll take on Digimon. Like, they can't handle both brands. They comp- they're they literally competing with one another. Kids aren't going to be like, I want Custom Robo and I want LBX. It's the same thing. You pick your allegiance. You're either a Digimon guy or a Pokemon guy. Or a Monster Rancher guy, if you're a weirdo. But, like, it's just like it's, Nintendo basically said, this is the death seal or whatever for a uh, custom robo, I feel like. Which is a bummer, because it's a really fun game. I mean, you never actually played a custom robo, did you? You've only seen footage uh, no, recently. I've played it. I
1: never owned it, but I've half uh-huh.
0: played it. I, I, I've been a fan since very early on. Since before it was even out, actually. Because Nintendo back... We in, at you. yeah look Yeah, humble, here comes a brag back in the day I got to be part of a focus group for Custom Robo where they actually mailed me a demo and all these different concept art and character art and robot designs to my house and they had me fill out a questionnaire about what designs I like and that sort of thing. I sent it back the game came out about a month later and then a lot of the stuff I saw with that, like the stuff that I ranked highly, I guess I was in the majority, I don't know, but a lot of it I start, in Arena was more of the direction they went in and I was like, oh that's kind of neat so whatever me and these other couple dozen people said actually or hundred actually made a difference and arena was super good it had nintendo wi-fi connection support which this does not have online lbx is zero online support only local as far uh, at least as far as i know um it had like a full story mode that wasn't tied into a nickelodeon anime that nintendo apparently thinks we all watch but i don't think anyone's ever seen did you see that in the direct director's like you know it from the show you watch and i'm like a i didn't know it was a show b i definitely don't watch it because it's
1: apparently in the second season
0: yeah that's what's crazy but um yeah like i'd rather have an original story which it may be custom robo was kind of anime skewing but it wasn't like a full-on kid show so i don't know i'm a little interested in lbx just because like i like custom robo and this is like a poor man's custom robo or the closest we're gonna get but the whole the whole anime time with nickelodeon is kind of like do I want to put up with that? I don't think I do. So if the gameplay's really good... You can just ignore that. Stuff. Yeah, if the gameplay's really good, you may, I'll... You
1: may even like the story. You never Possibly. know. Possibly. If Next. the game. I mean, you, literally, you really never know. I,
0: I, until I play it, then I'll know. So never say nothing. I'm sure
1: you'll go in with, like, poor expectations of the story, but you may end up liking it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I know. In those kind if of I see you
1: at Comic Con was an L B X shirt. Yeah,
0: no, that's not gonna happen. I know it's unless Nintendo hands me one at their booth at this Comic Con, then it will happen because I'll be like, "All right." But uh, I know it is kind of like a weird attitude. Like, well, pff, if it's based on a kitchen, I'm not gonna buy it. But given the fact that it didn't get as it got mixed reviews in Japan, so it's kind of like there really has to be some compelling aspect of it. I'm excited to try it at Comic Con or wherever and see for myself. But it's yeah, it doesn't give me much hope for Custom Robo. But more significant. Perhaps then what LBX is is kind of what it and all and these other 3DS announcements that Nintendo's been making lately, your Koi Watch, uh, Chibi Robo, etc. It's kind of what that represents. Is that I don't know if you really know this, but we we, we already have all the AAA franchises on the 3DS. We have our Mario Kart, we have our Animal Crossings, our Pokemon, our Zeldas. Mario 3D, Mario 3D platformer, like we have all that. And Nintendo has done quite Not well. What? No Metroid yet.
1: No, I, I wouldn't consider... I wouldn't
0: say we have a Star Fox. No. Well, I mean, we do. No, I wouldn't. But but we do. I mean, we, can, we physically we can, we can, we do. Can, we you really. can look on your shelf right here, and it is there. It says Star Fox and 3DS on the same package, so it exists. <laughs> but, but no, my point is...
1: And I guess there's Zelda for that, man. There's
0: Smash Bros. We do have Zelda. There's like three Zeldas. There's all sorts of Zeldas.
1: On 3ds? Oh yeah, right. there's a, two a, ports a, in the yeah, original. A, a, yeah, a link
0: between yeah, I forgot and about that one. Majora and and Ocarina. My point was. On the county remake. Okay, well my point is, there are 52 million people Nintendo just announced. So 3ds is out there. 15 million here in the U.S. alone. They just said on Thursday that uh, the 3ds is the eighth Nintendo system to have sold 15 million in the states alone. So they have a lot of people, and they've already pumped out all their AAA game franchises, along with some lower stuff and some new stuff. And now we're kind of at the point, it seems like, where we're seeing them actually try and build franchises. New franchises. They're forging new territory. They're not just going, oh yeah, here's another Mario Kart, here's another Smash Bros. Like, LBX is a new franchise. Koi Watch is a new franchise. Bravely Default is being turned into a franchise. The first one did better than expected. They announced in the direct Bravely second end layer coming out in 2016. So that's them building up. They're getting all these people, that all, all these 52 million people that have 3DSs, and they're like, well, you're out of things to play, so let's throw some new stuff at you. Let's see what sticks, and then we have our franchises for the next generation. And you will buy our systems and go play those games because you like LBX, you like chibi Robo now somehow, <laughs> you like uh, Bravely Default, you like I can't even think what? Of what else. Your Koi Watch, your Koi Watch is gonna be a big one.
1: Codename Steam.
0: Codename Steam was an example of this, probably to a lesser extent because it bummed. But the point is, this is I feel like it's interesting because usually the ratio is like you get three Nintendo games you know, and then you get like Tomodachi Life. Or you get, like, you know, here's Animal Crossing and Mario Kart and, like, random other new thing. Or here's Fire Emblem Awakening, which we're not even sure how well it's going to do. So we'll throw it out there and see, and then it blows up, and now they're making a huge franchise. So now now they're kind of flipping it, at least until E3 when maybe, who knows, maybe they're going to announce all these franchises we already know. But as of now, the ratio of new franchise to already existing franchise is definitely skewing towards new for this year. Even Animal Crossing, yes, it's Animal Crossing, but it's almost there, just to like be like, yeah, okay, you want more Animal Crossing? Here, here's here's some more Animal Crossing. But hey, you're using your 3ds? Check out these other five new games. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But it's kind of an interesting reversal of how the 3ds has been treated up till now by Nintendo in terms of what their priorities are and key releases. They got everyone hooked in with the big names. Now they're trying out the new guys. We'll see how it works. But um, you know, I did mention Animal Crossing. And I did mention Fire Emblem. And while not in the U.S. direct. There was a lot of things said in the, a Japanese Nintendo director day prior about both those games, which probably um, first do Fire Emblem if because man, what an ambitious game this is turning out to be. So I know you're not necessarily the hugest Fire Emblem fan, but it's interesting because the game has always been very—it's been around since the NES days or Famicom in Japan. It's twenty-some odd years old, and only now are they really expanding it in some interesting new ways. It's always been the same. Yep, you go into the battle, you do the bow. Maybe there's some new quirks in how the battles work, but it's a battle. Do you think
1: this is like the X and Y of Fire Emblem?
0: Kind of. Because what they're doing is you're building a town as your home base. You don't have a home base already made. You don't just go there to like a random thing that just, like a menu basically that assigns you the next mission. You are building a town and kind of doing everything yourself. And that's what they showed in Japanese Direct. So it's called My Castle. That's the name of the feature. And um, you get walk around. You literally like place down the, the town buildings, like SimCity style. Like it's a grid and you like plop them down. And you're like, this is where it is. And you can put down, you know, um, like a, a restaurant to give you food to take, or you can have an item shop, or you can have a weapon shop, like with a blacksmith, or you can have like a battle arena to train. You have all these things, and they all rank up the more you use them. And it's like a full little town of yours. And You decide what you want, and then um, and they just kind of build out your world that way. But the one thing that's kind of weird, and you can also grow your own crops. You can do all sorts of other stuff. But the one thing that's weird is you can take other other uh, members of your party back to your room for intimate time together not that way but it could be male or female and when you take them to your room it turns into pokemon me so the lower screen is your other human character's face and you poke them with the stylus and prod them and give them things and then that builds a stronger bond which makes them perform better on your team this is a real thing it's human Tamagotchi. To- or tomodachi either one it's really bizarre right but uh but like something like this like they would never have done fire emblem in the past and yet here we are and they're doing it it's basically x and y and aura's pokemon Mi mode or in tomodachi life where you can like take care of your baby but these are full-grown fighters male and female hmm. it's it's very bizarre but uh it's like a virtual pet almost but yeah this is the type of thing that like fire emblem would never do before and um bizarreness aside it is kind of cool to me at least to see intelligent systems actually flush out fire emblem as much because uh i don't know if you remember but when awakening i kind of alluded to this but when awakening came out a couple years ago the developers were saying this is it fire emblem has never been a huge seller it's done decently but not enough to justify it so if this game doesn't sell well if this does as poorly as our last fire emblem that's it franchise is done we're putting on hiatus and then of course the game blew up and became the best time of, uh, Fire, uh, Fire Emblem ever and now they're doing a train car game in Japan and they're doing like two versions and everything but it's just like it's so weird how literally three years ago they're like yeah Fire Emblem's dead in the water essentially it's a, and now they're like hey Fire Emblem's so huge we're gonna like flesh it out with all these new features and we're gonna give you Almost so much like it more had a
1: reawakening.
0: You could say it had a reawakening yeah if, yeah. if as if it had. A reawakening. I really hope they change that name for America if it's such a weird name for Fire a game. Fire Emblem. I if. wonder. Fire Emblem Decisions. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's... So that's... Um, that's what's going on with Fire Emblem. I think we're going to learn a lot more about it at E3. Because that's only really just scratching the surface. There's a lot of the game that we haven't... That we're not talking about. Like, that's fleshing out. Like, they're doing a whole new battle system that involves like a three... Like a rock, paper, scissors, or triangle or something. I'm not quite sure. But I'm sure in time we're going to talk about E3. So We'll have a lot more in our E3 episodes coming up but i did did want to mention i thought it was one weird that they have like a pet your human to make them battle for you mode and two that they're fleshing it out this much it's great um the other game from japan that's worth mentioning is and we're definitely going to see a lot of at e3 is animal crossing happy home designer uh which for some reason i always want to call decorator it's happy home designer but decorator just sounds like the right word happy home decorator yeah right but um for those worried, you are
1: decorating. I mean, you're not creating any of the props. You're actually using, right? Yeah, you're you're decorating, right?
0: You're you're happy We should write decorating. an angry letter to Nintendo. The, I mean, yeah, a very stern I mean, letter. Yeah, what, what the heck? <laughs> but yeah, it, and it I just mean, flows unless, better. I hey. mean, unless
1: they're using the touchscreen to actually let you like design patterns on the furniture or something.
0: They might. Like, I don't know. I'm sure that's something know. they might try to do. Nintendo kind
1: of seems sort to of, like. Gone away from it. like a Mario Kart Seven. They didn't let you create your little emblems like a Mario Kart DS.
0: That's true. You know why? And they also don't let you do a flag in ammo Crossing, New Leaf. That can. Oh wait, yes they do. Yeah, but yeah, you want to know why I have they a don't like? You... Yeah, yeah, you know why they don't let you do it in a public-facing online thing like that? Do you realize how many swastikas and uh, phallic images there were <laughs> in Mario Kart DS? <laughs> That's why they took and it Earth Earth out for the Seven. I saw a lot. Not swastikas, but a lot of. Uh, phalluses shall we say Falli? Falli. is that what the plural phallus <laughs> is Falli? maybe it's just um like phallus it might just be phallus yeah but either way I saw, I saw a whole lot of them more than I needed to on every cart so that's why they take out I think that's why they scaled back the like public facing uh, drawing features but but yeah for home for happy Can home designer as it is? yeah yeah. but they it gives so much great stuff too I mean look at like all the memes in tune. Some of them are ridiculous, but some of them are extremely clever and funny. But anyway, happy home designer. Um, all I was going to say is, we're going to probably learn more at E3, but prepare to spend a ton of money on this thing. What they announced in the Japanese Direct is that when the game comes out in July over in Japan, they are selling booster packs of amiibo cards, which again are how you get villagers and whatnot into your game. And they're going to cost $4 a pop for a total of three cards, which means if you want all 100 you're already spending a good chunk of change but to make matters worse they are randomized so you're spending way more than that big chunk of change to guarantee if you want to get them if you want to catch them all so to speak at least it sounds like
1: they're all equally rare probably not
0: i don't know knowing nintendo probably not hopefully
1: Because, I mean, I would assume they're not. Because, I mean, if you only get deeper pack, it's not like, oh, here you're... Well, they all look like they were all that shiny, nice material. It's not like, oh, um, this dog and this deer are just plain cardboard. But, oh, the Isabel one is like nice plastic foil. (laughs) holographic. Yeah, it's a nice foil ones. I mean, that would be annoying.
0: I don't don't know if Nintendo's going to do that. But either way, the fact that you have to buy... You're going to end up with multiples of certain characters... I was like, oh, I got a Rocko. Oh, but my Rocko's foil. I have the- yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Nintendo wanted to recreate the Pokemon craze and combine it with the already existing Amiibo craze, that's how you do it. Like that right there. Like they, like, yeah. oh, do, do you like realize how much a, money they're going to They a
1: one-pack.
0: They're going to start having shortage of Amiibo cards. People will be like, how? <sighs> it's paper. And they're like, oh, we ran out of trees or some stupid <laughs> excuse. Like, But it's, yeah, I, I hope they're all equally common or rare and not some more than others, but I guess we'll find out. But the the thing is, like, if you have to buy this many cards, it better work with Animal Crossing Wii U when that gets announced. Which, again, I think that that's something we might see at E3. Happy Home Designers are going to be there. It's definitely, like, a stopgap thing, or it could be a good, like, uh, sister game for the Wii U one. Like, there's there's options. So I'm hoping the Wii U one shows up, and I'm hoping it uses Amiibo cards, because if not, they're asking for a lot of money to do everything you want to do in this game and on top of that the game's a full retail game it's good in japan it has this equivalent of the 40 dollars msrp or if you get it with the, the amiibo nfc reader the external one for those non-new 3ds's you you can get that the game in, in a character amiibo card for ten dollars more but point is it's a full retail game and they were requiring you to rely yeah, on these cards that to that some extent for some thing. level yeah, yeah.
1: Is it a new Rhythm Heaven game? Uh, no, Amiibo. No, no, no. no. Oh. Is, is that a new 3DS game? No, it's on both. Oh,
0: alright. Yeah. But, but yeah, like I I don't know. Like, how, how you justify, <laughs> how you justify a $40 game plus like hundreds of dollars of these cards just to get the full game assuming the cards are required. Which, they have to be, right? Like, you're only gonna be able to progress so much.
1: Yeah, you don't need the villagers. <laughs> yeah. Right? And you can't have a villager without a card, because then it's like, what do I save it to? You have to hope you get that person's card?
0: Yeah. Like, none of this makes... I feel like this is something we definitely need to learn more about at E3, and I'm sure it's going to be all over the place. I'm
1: sure it's going to come with, like, a pack or, like, three cards. Yeah,
0: but it's kind of like, so you're just going to have the same three villagers always assign you new houses. It's good. There's got to be more gameplay if it's $40. Never mind the villager, like, situation with the cards. $40 to build a room repeatedly... Is gonna get old extremely fast, right? Like there's gotta be something else. That's yeah, what I'm no, thinking. Even in... if you're just collecting new villagers, it's still no. Just gameplay wise, it gets old after like seven houses. There has to be something else.
1: Has to. Unless it's like ten bucks.
0: No, that's my no, point. No, I know. That. I said it Yeah, was and because everyone's that. reaction when they announced it is forty. I like, guy's reading console line. Everyone's like forty. I thought this was like an eShop game. What? Like there's gotta be some hidden part of the game they haven't shown yet. But. I, I guess we'll Surprise, find out Surprise,
1: it's a full-fledged animal crossing
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we
1: got you happy. They could actually move into this village Somehow, just like pack your bags Now village. see,
0: they could do that What if, instead of being an, a villager It's basically they, You play the animal well, no, what we'll have, <laughs> we'll have to expand on the idea of the happy home designer Like, what's the name of the group that Rates your house? Happy home designers? It's the happy home association or Yeah, something. what if you bec- move into a town As a Rep of the Happy Home Association. And you're playing Animal Crossing, kind of. But you're not just a villager. You are a actual Happy Home employee. And the game, yes, you walk around town. Yes, you talk to people. But you are there in a different capacity and you do different things. I don't know how that would work. There'd be too much overlap, maybe. But that's the only way I can see this making sense. If it's like, yeah, you move into the town. You're this guy. Every day you have, like, activity. It's almost like Harvest Moon. But instead of harvesting crops, you're harvesting homes or something. That's the only way I can see it work for $40. But I'm sure we'll learn more at 3 I mean, it's not guaranteed it'll be there, but I'd be shocked if it's not. Happy Home Designer will probably be there. Animal Crossing Wii who knows. One game we do know that will be there, but we shouldn't have known will be there. But guess what? We do know will be there <laughs> is uh, Hyrule Warriors for the 3DS. So, someone at Tecmo Koei does not properly understand the difference between an unlisted YouTube video and a private YouTube video. So, fun tutorial from your friends at Ram Nintendo who have a YouTube channel and know, us and know how this works. If you haven't subscribed to us yet we're at youtube.com slash ramnintendocom so go do that. But unlisted videos are publicly available if you can figure out the URL or somehow or are linked to them. Private videos are hidden from everyone but yourself until you hit the publish button. So to our good friends at Technocoe, you want to hit private not unlisted and then you won't ruin Nintendo's surprise uh, uh, 7 days in advance. Just FYI. But since it did ruin the surprise, we. Uh, I'm disappointed. Yeah, right. I mean, the game's eight months old. Yeah. I I don't think that's the only surprise. I don't I think mean, many times it's gonna be like, "This was our big secret." But imagine that's how the 3ds segment
1: ends. I mean, it could. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe because um, I mean, we're not like the biggest fans of like the Warriors. Well, I do that's like Kyrie Warriors a lot, though. No, no, really? yeah, but I mean, like, it's not. I don't know. I guess that was just like, oh, I mean, that's kind of.
0: Uh, yeah, it's just kind of whatever. Yeah, I mean, well. I mean,
1: but like even saying that though i was still kind of Sad on their part, it's like, oh, I mean, that really sucks. I mean, it does
0: poor employee that must be stressed out. Like, I was poking fun if I do feel bad for that employee that, and then he has to go back three hours later and admit he's wrong by actually moving it to private correctly, which they did, yeah. so now it's off the web. Uh, yeah,
1: that, that just really sucks for them because yeah. now, like, not only did it get leaked, but now, like, when we're watching the direct, we're gonna be like, oh, four minutes of this director is already wasted.
0: Yeah, you mean the digital event. digital event, yeah, yeah, no, but what's interesting is what they're actually doing if you think about it because I mean, the game itself is first of all. Like the game itself is kind of like okay, it's Tower Wars again, but the fact that they're taking an HD Wii U game and making it a non HD (laughs) 3DS game and making it still look good is impressive. They're basically doing like the cell shading overlay that Smash Bros had, yeah, Yeah, but it actually looks good, and I really like that they moved the the HUD from all from cluttering up the screen to the bottom screen. You can switch characters on the fly with touch buttons, like all that. Couldn't have done that on the Wii. U? They they could have and to some extent they did but the top screen's completely clear now on the Wii U they had all sorts of meters and things all they over the top put screen.
1: That's stuff on the bottom screen. I
0: think I that's what I'm saying. I think the the maps there, but they completely cleared out the top. Screen. Oh that's oh, like, I, in the original, I think.
1: Like, is not there nothing to just clear? I mean, I suspect their argument is like I suspect the exact their argument. Same thing Yeah, more I know. Real
0: I, which is also why it's weird that the character switching buttons look so much better on the 3DS. I suspect the the decision. Quite because you don't have to look. It's, it's the, the down gap down. is much smaller well, on yeah. the 3DS well
1: I mean your eyes can see both
0: exactly game. that's probably that's probably it but um but yeah they're there adding a few new things you can play Tetra you can play King of Red Lions both from Wind Waker who match the cell shaded look a lot better and if you own both games it's implied but it's in Japanese but it has a big arrow so it must be true you can transfer them from the 3DS <laughs> version to the Wii U For version a fee. yeah I hope not <laughs> but if you own both they have a bit of a cross support thing so that's kind of cool But uh, yeah, it's still Hyrule Warriors at the end of the day. And I mean, there was one interesting thing that um, was in the leaked trailer, but not really visible. But over at Game Explained, some eagle eyed staffers there or a fan of theirs or something saw that in the artwork at the end of the trailer, where they show all the characters, like Tetra and King of Red Lions and everyone else, they have a bow in the background under a character. Yeah, a crossbow under a character's arm. What's interesting about that is at one point for Hyrule Warriors, original Wii U, Tecmo Koei was toying with the idea of making a female Link, be it literally Link as a woman, or like a sister, or like a daughter, or some sort of female Linkette, or whatever you want to call her. And the crossbow in that artwork is the same as the concept art for the female Link that they put in the art book, the Japanese art book for Hyrule Warriors. So, is it a coincidence the crossbow is kind of tucked away in the art? Do they just need some weapons and they screw that in there? Is it a hint? is it something to differentiate it further? Because I'm sure there's going to be like...
1: another Ticmokoi employee messed up. I forgot to like white it out, yeah. Dude, but, are going to
0: have people like thinking all this
1: other stuff? I mean, it's kind of like... Remember I'm when, so sorry. Remember when Eiji the and, her, and...
0: then they fall on their sword and then, yeah. But remember when E.G. and Numa... Um, Made the, implied that Link in the Wii U Zelda might be I never a said female. It was a guy. Yeah, he's like, I never said it was a guy, and then people are like, So it's a woman? He's like, I never, no, it's a guy. It's like, well, why would you? I just never it? said that. Yeah, I just never, I just literally never said those words. But it's just like, Oh, this... I never said it
1: was Link, let's Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. But he also, yeah, and he was implying that could be a woman, but, um, or so people thought. But yeah, this could be a situation like that, or it could be something more, because, I mean, at the end of the day, you need something to differentiate the games a little. They're literally coming out a year apart. So it could be a couple new maps, could be new characters like Tetra and King Red Lion, but adding female Link to a game that's already a nice 50-50 split female-male roster makes sense. It makes sense. And it would be something that would get really hardcore Zelda fans to double-dip. Because they're like, female Link, I gotta play as that. I gotta buy this game for $40 that I own over there and I paid $60 for. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it's It's interesting to say the least. How do you think? I feel like we're at the point now because Nintendo—you've you, seen it. Nintendo's is very clearly trying to cater both genders now, neutral, be totally gender neutral in terms of like here's Mario Kart eight half the characters are women, half are men. Smash Bros. way more women than before, like or female characters, not really women because I mean Birdo isn't a woman; it's a Birdo. but yeah. it's still female in the U.S. at least. But like I don't know, um, like do you I think do you think we're at the point where Zelda Maybe fans see, will accept uh, a female link?
1: For those characters. Like, how do people see the technical genderless characters? Like, do they... Like who? Like, like Rob. Like... Rob's a
0: male name, so he's a guy. In my mind.
1: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> this is an abbreviation, but, like... Yeah. But I he's know. just, like, male in your
0: eyes. Yep. But I'm a guy, so I'm gonna see it how P. I P. see P. me. Guy. <laughs> yeah. I guess that one is... A I'm a guy, guy though, so I'm gonna... I have a bias to see it that way. No, I'm but, sure but, a six-year-old girl who's like, I love Rob the Robot. She's my best friend. Like, I don't know.
1: No, I, I I guess i could have to take that back for Pikachu because pokemon has made it made him uh, a guy oh well, yeah because of the whole tail like yeah. the hearts are yeah female, yeah.
0: Like, yeah but how convenient that creature just naturally evolves in a way that has a cutesy heart on its tail which is something that girls tend to identify with more than guys in the human race all right so strange <laughs> but uh yeah like i i think i think zelda fans are probably at the point where they would accept a female link right I feel like if they tried to do that and like you know back when Wind Waker was first announced and to flipped out about I mean, the graphics imagine if it was a girl like, I mean they should yeah I feel like we're at the point I mean, where it shouldn't matter
1: do they have like this phone stuff so that do they have like entitlement to it I don't
0: know keep in mind we're in the game a year ago was Gamergate where people were freaking out about women in gaming in general so I, I like to think Nintendo was able to stay out of fray because they did a nice 50-50 split so and catered that, to like, everyone well I
1: guess it's internet but
0: yeah, no, here's the problem. Why is,
1: there, why is there something that is just happening now? Here's it the
0: problem sense. with all that is social media is amazing. It's what got our know, podcast yeah. off oh, the yeah. ground, but it's also a total echo chamber for idiots. So, yeah. yeah. I know, yeah, that's what I but, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it'd be really cool if they did Female Link. Um, who knows what will happen? But perhaps a bigger topic conversation than that is um, the fact that this is happening in the first place, that Nintendo's taking a less-than-year-old a year old Wii U game and putting it out on... 3DS so soon after like personally
1: um, a tropical freeze like that much more like like, yeah i don't know like anything feels like it could be remade any minute it also shows how. heaven like
0: yeah the best collection it also shows how timeless nintendo games are you have a 3ds we both own a system that has up that has enhanced upgraded whatever versions of n64 games gamecube games wii games Wait, maybe not GameCube. N64, yeah, Wii... We... Yeah, GameCube. N6... No, but that's Wii U. I'm talking about 3DS. Oh. Game N64, Wii, and Wii U. I a mean, current Nintendo system has three generations of games, and all of them you could pick up off a shelf, play it, and not for a second think this feels outdated. That speaks a lot to Nintendo's quality of games, I feel like. Like, how many systems... If you go play a PS1 game, even if it's enhanced for PS4, I feel like often it's still gonna have like, the mechanics of a PS1 game. It's gonna be kind of Simple, but, like, Majora's did Mask... Did you still... see the,
1: fan, the, the HD Final Fantasy trailer? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I guess that proves my point. Well, plan. they didn't really try. No, but... not at all. But, like, <laughs> it's 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 amazing that Nintendo can make such timeless games like that, you know? Like, it's kind of a cool... It's kind of like... Like, Pixar could probably make a new Toy Story... Remake to of... Toy Story 1, and it'd be just I'm, as good.
1: I'm trying to think of, some like, uh, an example, but I'm like... None of them really work, because, um... The remakes for PlayStation games... They don't really look that much different. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm mainly talking about like God of War like, HD collection. Like, oh, the right. HDFI, the PlayStation 2 games, but the controller is exactly the same. The graphics, yeah. while they do look a lot better, it's not really saying much because it doesn't look that much
0: different. Or even like, I but, mean, but even think like, because God of War, like, that's all one specific game. I'm tra- like, think like, for example, we have a 3DS. Like PS2 to PS3. Sure, sure.
1: And then the same thing with all their other because they've HDF had a bunch of games. And that's get-
0: not the same, but that's not as big of a gap because like if you look at like well that's like they don't
1: they don't have enough time. They to,
0: do. They were they've announced as ninety five. And yet they but, haven't really. I know. But like but then the three DS has Star Fox sixty four a nineteen ninety seven game out on the same system that has uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns out in 2009. And you could put those games down next to each other, and yeah, one's more Arcadian, lighter fair than the other, Star Fox. But I don't think anyone would go, gee, this game, Star Fox, feels like it's from 1997, and this game, Donkey Kong, feels like it's from 2000. Like, both of them feel like they are current. Because Nintendo just makes their... Star Fox, you could say, is Star a, Fox a little arcadey. Like looks, looks very... You think it lo- Star Fox 3D? I think they up resed it pretty nicely. I don't, I don't know. Well, even then, you wouldn't go, this game's from 1997, you go, this is an early 3DS game. Like, the fact that the gameplay can oh, copy-paste over it that easily. Like, I don't
1: know. It just looks like, a, like one of those um test games, like Yoshi Touch and Go. That's, that's, what's really? like that's what like... it looks like to me. Oh, okay. Like, it just looks overly right. simplified.
0: Right. But, alright, that's fair.
1: Like, they're barely testing out the engine or something.
0: That's fair. But, um, but yeah, to me at least, it's just kind of crazy that you can have games from, what, uh, 12 years apart, and they're on the same system, and they both are, like, the same not caliber but the same from the same company for the same system of the same level of game in terms of like you get a full package i don't know it just strikes me as weird but the but uh but about Hyrule warriors i think what's interesting is why it's happening i think it's twofold i'm going on many little rants this this one though i this one i put a lot of thought into to be honest because um, i was trying to figure out why on earth why on earth to they've never done this for like hey, here's this game. Oh, you didn't get on this system? No worries. Here it is 11 months later over here. But I think, well, one, is obvious that um, they want sales. The Hyrule Warriors on Wii U sold way better than they expected. Actually sold over a million copies worldwide. And I think TechnoKoi and Nintendo were like, well, we uh, kind of tapped out the limited Wii U base of, like, what, nine million people. But there are five times that on the 3DS, so we can cater to all those folk and make a ton of money with minimal... Money being put into a port and minimal effort to make the port. So it's an easy way to like get even more money and get even more sales. So that's probably the most glaring reason why they would do this. But second, and this is going to be a little, you've got to bear with me here, I think Nintendo is subtly uh, kind of conditioning us into the idea of having the same game on multiple devices that come in multiple form factors. I mean, they're doing it with, uh, you know, they're doing it with high rewards with maybe just adding a character or two to differentiate. They did it with Smash Bros, but they were very different experiences. But I think we're slowly going down a path where Nintendo's going to bring together these games closer and closer and closer, because ultimately, as we talked about on the show before, Nintendo theoretically is going to have a unified single platform on multiple form factors with the NX. And what better way to see how well that works out than to have Smash Bros as trial run number one and go, okay, cool, people buy both. And then to do Hyrule Warriors as trial run number two and be like, well, if we make them basically the same will people still buy it? Oh, it looks like they will or won't. Like, this is sort of a dry run for it, if you think about it. Because, um, just a backstory for those who may not have been following the NX as closely, Iwata has been saying since 2013 that Nintendo wants to have a shared architecture, a shared platform, kind of like iOS, kind of like Android, where you have one thing that works on multiple devices of multiple sizes. He uh, actually went back and found a quote, and he said it's like if the home consoles and handheld devices became... Quote, brothers in a family of systems. They all share the same architecture at their core. They all be basically the same thing. This makes it seem more reasonable that Hyrule Warriors could be a trial of that because same basic game built on the same code. Does it work on two systems? Does it sell on two systems? Kind of makes sense. Um, And what's what's also interesting is the timing of this is that Nintendo just had this whole thing back and forth about um, whether the NX is going to run Android. So Nikkei, a Japanese newspaper, said that uh, it was going to run Android, that Nintendo was going to abandon making their own operating system and go with Android because it's an established thing. And, I mean, they're merit for that, for sure. I actually think it's kind of a good idea. Because, A, Nintendo makes really good games, but they're not so great with the operating system. I mean, how many times have you complained about um, like there's no... What?
1: Well, oh, just lack like of
0: folders. Lack of folders, lack of a unified messaging system when you're in a oh, game. Yeah. Like, all that stuff is easy on Android because text messaging is built in, so just retrofit that. And the thing about Android is it has a base kernel that many f- developers are very familiar with. They make Android games for various devices. Make means that they'd have a lot more eShop games, in theory, a lot more third-party support from the smaller guys that they're focusing on more, opposed to the big you know, Activision EA that they aren't focusing on as much. So there's those perks. Plus, the groundwork's there for a really good OS, and Android's so customizable that Nintendo could still make it look very Nintendo-centric and have it be their own unique thing, and you would never know it's Android... But then it's still Android. That's kind of a perk of Android. So they can not worry about the core functionality and just kind of skin it in a Nintendo happy-go-lucky, round bubbly icon way that they love to do. So it makes sense that they would use Android. Unfortunately, uh, they then told the Wall Street Journal they are not gonna use Android. They are using their own, or they didn't say they're using their own thing. They said NX is not gonna be powered by Android. Which means we now go back to Awada's earlier comments about how they're making a shared platform. And he said in that same 2013 briefing, that they want to expand on the Wii U architecture. Not necessarily literally do like, here's the Wii U, we're putting everything on Wii U, but they want to use kind of the base idea of the Wii U architecture for all their stuff going forward mm-hmm. when they unify platforms. And what's the best way to test that? Well, let's take a Wii U game and see if we can retrofit it to other things. How can we expand the architecture? It all comes together pretty well to make me think that Hard Wars is a safe sales bet of a test of their architecture experiments that they're doing as they lead into NX. Am I crazy? Quite possibly. Am I overthinking this? Most likely. But it fits, the puzzle pieces come together very nicely to form a full picture, and I seriously think there's a very good chance that this is just as much for their internal purposes as it is for us to generate them more sales by buying it twice or picking it up for the first time if you have a 3DS. That's my two cents on it. I just find the timing of all of it really unusual and they had never done this before where they flip a game this fast on two systems and NX is being announced next year so it all kind of lines up
1: Check the iron's warm.
0: exactly it's not hot anymore but it's warm <laughs> hot was when they did Smash Bros but that was different enough that it, you could argue yeah they were experimenting with maybe some cross system architecture but they didn't like have a full thing in place and this is them going well what well, if we pour it over how well does that work And then, of course, ultimately there won't be porting; they'll just be it will scale itself to the correct size. So, so that's my two cents. It's crazy, I know, but I'm sticking to it. Watch in 2016, Nintendo have one platform, multiple form factors. Mark my words, or don't, because then if I'm wrong, you won't remember and it'll be fine. Um, So, yeah, that's that's my two cents on Hyper Warriors. But I don't think I'm gonna double dip. You you never got the Wii U one though, did you? No. So would you consider the 3DS
1: one? I was hoping it was a reward for, um, a digital reward. for. And it was not.
0: (laughs) No. But it might be because Tecmo Coe made it, so they get a cut of the profit, which means town would actually have to pay them for all these copies that they're giving away. Makes sense.
1: Um, nah, still not really interested.
0: Hmm. Alright, then. You know what you are interested in? Because I know you, and I know you're a fan of this? Monster Hunter. Am I right? Mm. You like Monster Hunter, right? Right?
1: Yeah, I like the core franchise.
0: Alright, well, that's what we're getting to. So... Kind of bridging the gap from first-party to third-party news. Over in Japan, Nintendo concluded its Nintendo Direct with two Monster Hunter games, one of which I don't think you care about and one of which I think you do care about. First, let's get rid of the one you don't care about. So, back in the day, in 2010, I believe, they released a PSP Monster Hunter spinoff.
1: The one we are talking about in another episode, the one with the purple PSP.
0: We talked about it in another episode of the purple PSP?
1: Yeah, when we were um, talking about... Monster Hunter. The one they officially announced here, the Monster Hunter Adventures... Or- Diary
0: is what it's called in Japan, but... Are we talking about the same game? Are we talking about the one starring the cats, the felines? No. Then we're talking about different games.
1: No, I know what you're talking about, and we did talk... I'm talking about... <laughs> we talked about this game, yeah. that one game that you mentioned for the PSP, when we were talking about the other game. The oh, one- okay. The
0: one with the little kitty, the one with, like, Monster Hunter Riders or whatever. Right. Yeah, right. I brought it up,
1: like, oh, it reminds me of this Right, other game. oh, and they
0: announced the RPG starring the cats or not the rpg oh, the the spin-off what
1: about like kid riding the dragon like what monster hunter Riders? it's like a 3ds game it got announced like maybe a few months ago or maybe a month ago
0: am i going crazy i don't remember it's this. A, it has like
1: associated look it's like a kid and his cat how to train him. your
0: dragon with monster hunter basically vaguely um, familiar and you mentioned this other spinoff
1: and I said that like oh yeah it reminded me of this other spinoff where it revolved around the cats and you and it came with a purple PSP yeah
0: um, yeah and here it is yeah. <laughs> right okay I don't remember that other one that's weird huh, I, can't either... I can't believe I don't remember did this just go in one side of my brain and not the other am I going to forget I remember the higher I want to say like of like, IGN premiered? premiered. possibly it must have been longer than a month a couple months ago must have been last yeah, year I
1: can remember, time. like, all the monsters still look basically the same, except like the main character is like a little kid and he looks like oh, cel shaded or something. Oh,
0: kind of has a Dragon Questish graphic style. Well, I mean, the cel shaded still, a bit chibi.
1: It's just cel shaded. A little I mean, chibi to it. Well, I guess the kid is a little yeah Yeah,
0: but, it's starting to feel familiar. Well, anyway, this is that game that came up. We'll talk about the other game that we don't know the name of. Yeah, the game where the cast look like the pins that we have. The little yes. super giant eyes. Exactly. And in this one, you control those cats or felines, as they're called. Right? Yeah. And uh, you get to run a village with them and go on quests and battle and things. That's about it. Came out on PSP in 2010. For this new one, they're enhancing it with 3DS features and they're adding Mario and Animal Crossing costumes. So that's happening. But the significance of this is that it actually will factor into a. Well, two things. One, it's from From Software. Out of left field here. From Software, makers of Dark Souls 1, 2, and 2, and Battleboard. Are making this cutesy look? It's cats going on quest together game. So that's happening. hilarious. Yeah, but the reason it's um the reason it's worth mentioning is because it factors into the other Monster Hunter game, which is the one you care about, which is Monster Hunter Cross or X as it's spelled. And um, this is the next main series entry. It's again coming to 3ds. It's being built on top of the Monster Hunter 4 engine. So it's kind of like a frontier style half step, sidestep entry, I guess. Because wasn't Monster Hunter Frontier built on the three engine? It was kind of a side thing, yeah. like not a side thing in the sense, like in the lineage. It was no, no, it's it's not it's not a, a side it's, card. Not, it's not a core game. It's like a side.
1: It's yeah, it's like a I, I never, we never, we never, it's really, the
0: we poke, really, Pokemon Emerald of Ruby and Sapphire.
1: Even not... Uh, well, I say a
0: little bigger than that. I'm not giving it enough credit. No, they're changing a lot with this one.
1: It's it's more like a hmm. I don't know because I don't. Know. I don't, I don't really know anything about it. It's like, I may or may not get it. Well, it's
0: interesting because they're really actually shaking things. from my limited monster hunter understand monster hunter understanding, it sounds like Capcom's actually changing a fair amount. so for for one thing, they, they really like the number four for some reason. So there are four key four like flagship monsters in this one instead of one. There might even be four different box covers. They haven't announced that yet, but they've released the art of four different monsters all in that kind of epic box pose that they usually do. Uh, there's also four new what they're calling hunting styles. And there's four new, what they're calling, hunting maneuvers. And these things, the whole premise here is Capcom saying, you know what, this game's all about being flashy with your attacks and customizing your experience to make a, a hunting experience you want. It almost sounds like they're kind of going like, gee, Monster Hunter 4 actually got us out of the niche uh, niche market that we were in before, so why don't we kind of run with this and see how many people we can rope in by giving them different play styles and different options and things. So what they're doing is there are 14 different uh, weapons, each of which you have four different hunting styles for, which means you actually have, however many factors of that, combinations of weapons and hunting styles, and the hunting styles will determine how your weapon's use and what it can do, and on top of that, you have hunting maneuvers, which give you abilities like the range you can attack, whether you can heal others, whether you can uh, use items that are more powerful, like all sorts of little, like, stat boosters, I guess, for the a better term. So you really get, like, customize on the new level of some sort because i think some of this is in the old monster hunter right this is kind of a next step in customization
1: Mm, sort of
0: sort of yeah elaborate (laughs) like what could what could you customize before because like it's the way they were building this like in the announcements was very like look at all this new new customization you can do but you had some of this before, right? Mm, I mean, you could customize your armor, and you could, like,
1: depending on what pieces you get or what decorations you could create, you could make it so you start off each mission with more health, or maybe you're unaffected by tremors right. or sounds. Oh, so actually like it actually is
0: a pretty big change.
1: So, like, you could customize yourself very, very much so right. before.
0: So, but or now you can customize your person, too, and how he actually battles, hunts, I guess.
1: Yeah, which is just weird. I
0: don't know. Yeah, it, sound, it feels to me, based on what Capcom has said, how they're like, yeah, we're trying to give you more custom that's options like, so you can hunt how you want. It sounds like they're trying to, like, I don't want to say they're going casual with it, but it sounds like they're trying to rope in people that no, way normally. That's,
1: this is like a... This, is a, pl- like, this you, a power like, point. You can tell just by the, like, the way the new attacks are. Like, yeah. They're, like, they're definitely way flashier. They're like... Way flashier. They definitely wouldn't give you this much power in a regular Monster Hunter yeah. game. Because, like, the whole point of a Monster Hunter game is like, oh... Let's try to make the idea of hunting monsters as kind of grounded as possible. And this, and this the one opposite. is like let's make it double may cry or something.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that means that with this one it's gonna be. That's probably why it's at...
1: called X and not five.
0: Yeah, yeah. But... And the cross name? Well, it's cross technically. Oh. And the cross know, name is because you're called. crossing all the different abilities, mit- yeah. matching them together. But uh, yeah, it seems this is definitely a move to cater two new eyes. But I wonder, I mean, do I mean, you think they're gonna alienate? current Monster Hunter fans? Because, I mean, the other one's such a grind on purpose, and this um, one's such not a grind don't think on so. purpose. I so. I honestly,
1: like, I don't see too many people that, like, if they're really invested into Monster Hunter 4, I don't really see them getting this new one.
0: <laughs> well, it won't be out in the US for a good, it's not even announced in the US. It's no, Japan no, only at this winter, which means it's probably coming here in 2016 or 17.
1: For Japanese, the Japanese sure. players then. Because, um, there is so much to do in regular Monster Hunter that If they're bringing up this game, like, this year, then they probably still wouldn't even be anywhere near done with the game.
0: Does that ever stop people from buying one, though? Mm,
1: Those kind of games, yeah. You think? I would think so, yeah.
0: Because then how did the franchise get to 4?
1: Because... When people get run out... It's been long enough between 3 and 4. I guess. Especially for the Japanese players, they've had it way longer, so...
0: Yeah, I guess it'll be interesting to see how it sells. Like if you're right, that not, not not only out. that,
1: but this game um, based on the footage and the monsters they showed, yeah. it's it looks more like a
0: best of kind of thing. Like they've reused like complete areas yeah. from part four and stuff like that. They have reused. There's gonna be four another set of four. There's gonna be four villages in the game. One is new. Three are from the old portable ones. On place. See That's it's it's
1: like. Yeah. That's is more like a. It's like a best
0: of collection. It's like rhythm. Have I guess
1: it's like a <laughs> like. Well, I don't want to say distraction. It's more like a like like oh. Actually, I guess it's for those that finished the game already, that are early done. For those who finished the game, yeah, like, or like, to broaden the base. Like, I still want a little more, like, this, maybe settle my...
0: Yeah, no, I think, I think this is definitely a move to expand the audience, like... Get people uh, Yeah, because, like, someone like me, I play Monster Hunter, and I've said to you, like, it's fun, but, like, I, I, it's slow, like, you have to invest time. And something like this is like, oh, cool, if I could like, hunt down a monster in, like, five minutes, <laughs> I'm in. But that's not Monster Hunter anymore, that's some other weird non-Monster Hunter action game. So it's kind of, they're walking a fine line, I feel like. Because they obviously don't want to alienate people like you, who like the the grounded, core, slow, meticulous of sorts experience. And this is literally the other side
1: of it. Well, I mean, this is like part of the course for them. They release like sidestep
0: monster Hunter games all the time. But are they as fast and action-y? Like, this seems different to me.
1: They're always pretty different. Like, I mean, they're releasing one for the PS4 soon. They're oh releasing, okay. They're release. They release one for the 360 for the PS3. But gameplay-wise,
0: are those different as well as They're all pretty I mean, different.
1: It? I mean, they yeah. don't even go by. They call it Monster Hunter Frontier. They're like right. I don't know. They're just different.
0: Oh okay. Well then, maybe this isn't so bad if they if they build this it, one.
1: Right. If anything, like this one seems. This is actually probably the closest to the normal games. Just and, sped up and then the other ones. Because even the PS4 one kind of seems like a. Like a downgrade from the Monster
0: Hunter 4. Right. Is graphics? Oh my god, damn. Is yeah, well, is... of course, PS4. But uh, yeah, the, this one's on 3DS. It looks really good, though. Like, the footage looks great nice. for 3DS. And um, yeah, it seems like the the side game, uh, Monster Hunter Diary, which full name we never said before, is Pokapoka Aru Village DX. Say that five times fast. Uh, that one comes out in September in Japan to kind of whet your appetite for Monster Hunter Cross and then if you have saved data for Pokopo Pokopo Village DX it um, it will open up new stuff in cross so they're expecting Monster Hunter fans to get both of these side spin offs of sorts and put them together and wait have- so
1: if they plan to get these out I mean hypothetically like in the US eventually that they
0: will at least cross because I, mean, I
1: mean we still have to wait for that other Monster Hunter game to come out which the one Monster Hunter writers or whatever oh right <laughs> the one sorry if you caught again because I mean that would be like Franchise Overload. Like, that'd be three games. Yeah.
0: But they could trickle them. I mean, it takes like a year and a half for Monster Hunter to come to the States, I feel like. Like, four took forever. Well, maybe not a year and a half. Like, a year. So,
1: you're saying that we probably won't see... Like, I think... Well, this, they well, said... So, when... so if, like, let's just say a year and a half. Sure. So... 2017. <laughs> like, we're, like, we're not going to see Monster Hunter Riders. We'll presumably get that one first. Like, so, maybe early next year. Probably. Then the Cat Land, like...
0: Cat Land. Like, you mean... Hold on. You mean... Poca Poka Aru Village DX? Is that I'm what you mean? like mid-2017,
1: <laughs> so like... But 2018... Well, no, I so think...
0: I don't know if they're going to trickle all of them out that slow. It might just be the main franchise. I I have no idea. You know what? We might... They might be an S 3 by the time people listen or to Or we this. may just never get them. All right, we're going to get cross. I'm positive about that. I mean, Monster Hunter cracked the top 10 of MPD for the first time. Like, it's... If I remember correctly, it's moving on up in the world. When it came out in February, at least. So... So we shall see but but yeah it's it's a big thing cause like this is can are they even allowed to release the one for PS4 cause I know it's I mean like... are they allowed well, of course they're allowed Nintendo won't foot some of the marketing like they did for uh, Ultimate or well, like they did for the 3DS ones. they never
1: released the one for PS3 and that was post Monster Hunter Ultimate and they never released the one for PS4 here in the US either huh
0: then maybe they won't but cause like the th- part of the reason that Monster Hunter did as well as it did is Nintendo co marketed that thing like mad. They made a launch title for the new three DS. Oh, that's, that's why I think every why commercial.
1: We never got the other
0: ones. Uh I don't think there's an exclusivity deal. Like I don't think Nintendo's stopping Capcom, but I think Capcom's like, well if Nintendo's gonna foot the bill for the marketing, we will just oh. not do the ones we have to pay for ourselves. That's right. They're they, probably more confident now though. I mean they're putting out more Monsters than ever. I mean they
1: probably feel they probably could sell more there is only one yeah version. But, for people to deal but with.
0: yeah, but even then like now the franchise is growing, they're trying to expand it with this and with the Village game, I'm not going to try and say its name. Uh, I feel like now they might actually have the confidence to release the PS4 one, because they have they have proof that people in the US will buy these games in large quantities, or relatively large quantities, hundreds of thousands. So so we'll see, I guess. But, but it's interesting, because Monster Hunter is kind of a small example of this new trend that seems to be popping up going into E3, and I think we're going to see it at E3 a lot, which is this kind of like revitalizing and re-envisioning and reinventing pretty well-known, established, arguably beloved franchises. So Monster Hunter does it on a small scale, but of course the the now infamous example is uh, Sonic Boom, which uh, a year ago, Sonic decided, or Sega decided Sonic needs a tall Western makeover, and they did that. And it didn't go over well on the game side of it. The TV show's doing pretty good for itself. I think it was number one on Cartoon Network for its lineup the day it's on, for a while. Yeah. Uh, it so actually
1: woke up ridiculously early to watch it.
0: Well, wait, you did, or kids? No, that's kids do. Oh, well, kids wake up for all I shows. It right? I did it for Pokemon I as a kid, but but so the show's doing great, but the games quite frankly suck. So at least the Wii U did. So um, Sega's so kind of using that as an opportunity to stop and reevaluate things a bit, and now they're course correcting and going into phase two because at E three they are going to be they have announced like for E three what. What
1: of the, of the Sonic Initiative. of the Sonic
0: Initiative? Yes, uh, so now at E three they've announced a new Sonic Boom only on three D S called Sonic Boom Fire and Ice. So they skipped the Wii U this year because the game was so bad and reviewed so poorly and got such poor fan feedback to drag. Like, we we don't want to touch out the ten foot pole. Let's do the system that actually held its own, which was the three D S version. So um, it actually doesn't look bad. Have you watched any of the footage of it? It's kind of a cool mix of like some of the stuff that Sonic Boom did and like Sonic Rush like old DS Sonic. So basically, it's side-scrolling, you're running, you're going pretty fast, Um, you're alternating between characters, and they have different abilities, but all of them are side-scrolling, running. The developers actually, um, it's a company called Sanzaru Games, they did the last Sonic boom for 3DS, which is okay, and they actually shrunk the levels. I was reading an interview, they shrunk the levels by 40%, specifically so they feel faster, so you're moving through them quicker, so it's more Sonic-y. Like the other ones were so sprawling and so not linear that I was just like, "Uh, this isn't Sonic." So now they're like, "Well, what if we shrink them and kind of point you in the right direction?" There's still different alternate paths, but at the end, you're just running through it and doing things. So that's kind of like Sonic Rush. They're also bringing back the um giant two-screen boss battles from Sonic Rush, which I think the first Sonic Boom on 3 has had as well. But when I was watching the footage, I just kept going, "It's Sonic Rush. It's totally Sonic Both Rush." Bosses
1: basically look like reskins.
0: Yeah. yeah, from Sonic Rush. No, oh. of each other. Oh, well, yeah, they kind of are. It's like, oh, hit his, hit his weak points on the lower screen. Oh, jump to the top screen and hit his weak points on the top screen. <laughs> yeah, but um, the other thing, of course, is the game's going to have some sort of component where you can trigger special fire and ice abilities to break through obstacles. And uh, Sega, because I know you're listening, I do want to note, putting a, the question of what happens when fire and ice combine in your trailer is kind of stupid because the answer is water water happens when you put fire and ice together fire melts ice creates water it's a known thing it's common knowledge it's not a selling point of your game i'm sorry but uh but yeah the game itself looks pretty good though and it's interesting because beyond just fire and ice sega's trying to like they seem to be generally interested in actually fixing sonic boom and fixing sonic as a franchise which after last year's um, <clears throat> cluster, I can't say I blame them, but it, it's interesting to see how earnest they're being about because um, they're basically are going out and doing these interviews and they're just like, hey, we know we screwed up because we tried to make Sonic Boom for everyone. Like, We wanted everybody involved, but we didn't think of the fact that lots of classic Sonic fans are older and want that Sonic. And then Sonic Boom, they specifically said they're aiming at 7 to 11-year-olds in terms of that's their core demographic they want to hit. So instead of trying to cater that 7 to 11-year-old thing to the older group, why don't they just have them in tandem and to prove that point they cited the new Mario Marion Sonic at the Rio Summer Games 2016 which comes out here in 2015 because you know numbers I think people um, would
1: have reacted if they kept the Sonic Boom designs for in the scarf or like in
0: Smash Bros imagine yeah. if Smash Bros came out and it's like the scarf Sonic and like the amiibo was the scarf Sonic with the lanky arms and like if Knuckles like in Sonic in Mario and Marion Sonic at the Rio Olympics was like his big buff one yeah people would freak out so I mean, they're so, like, now
1: Douglas and I watched the show like we're already used to that like yeah. it doesn't even look weird like if anything yeah. like, they've grown on us I
0: think it kind of like knuckles this way better uh-huh. but um I don't know people would flip Sorry. people would flip but I think I think Sega's being smart about this though because like you know there's still a classic Sonic and stuff that like you know those Mario and Sonic games Smash Bros and then they also have this other thing and they're running them in tandem it makes sense and it's really nothing new we've seen other companies do this I mean look at Warner we Brothers we just talking about Nintendo doing that
1: yeah. Like Kirby
0: and Kirby. yeah, yeah. I mean, they do, but this is even, I would say at the end of the day, though, it's still Kirby. Like, he looks the same. You know, it's Kirby. It's like, it oh, appeals to the same people. But this is kind of almost like how Warner Brothers handles, like, DC comics, if you think about it. Because you oh, have, like, yeah. think about it. You can easily have, like, look you, at you Batman. Get your teen Titans. That's what go, about to say Robin and then... in Teen Titans and Robin in, like, the adult Batman stuff. He's totally different. People are
1: so pissed off about. Both.
0: But they are success. They are both on their own independent track, and they're both very successful as their yeah. own thing. And if Sega can do that, Sonic Boom is a non-issue because they said Sonic Team in Japan is still making classic Sonic games, and then you got Sonic Boom as like its own entity. And if they can just run them in parallel, why not? More power to Sega at that point. You appeal to more people. Sonic's a bigger name, and he doesn't have to always wear that stupid scarf. But. Um, yeah, so I just found it interesting that Sega, it's very rare for a game company to come out and be like, so we screwed up, and let us list the ways for you, and here's how we're going to fix it. Like, usually they do some weird PR spin or something, but I guess Sega's turned over a new leaf, and now they're being really open about it, and it's kind of, I see, because I do like Sonic as a character. How do you think, like, Elvis would feel? Cause, or even you, you're more of a Sonic fan than me. Like, what's your reaction to this idea of, like, well, now there's two Sonics?
1: Well, there already is.
0: Well, I mean, more so. Like, they're really doubling down on that.
1: Doesn't feel any different. I mean, we never expected them to not make regular Sonic games in
0: addition to Sonic Boom. It's just like... Right, right. Well, I mean, think of, at one point, though, it's they were basically stopping regular Sonic.
1: No, they never said they stopped it. Even when they announced Sonic Boom, they still said, like, oh, no, regular Sonic is still there. Oh, uh, that's true. So that's why it was never, like... No, so
0: now they're just reemphasizing more yeah. than anything else, I guess. I huh. mean,
1: this is, like... Especially, it's no different than, like, how... Where, like, how Elvis and I are watching the current Nickelodeon TV show, but then they still have those, the new Michael Bay produced movies. With You're like talking about Ninja
0: Turtles, I assume? Yeah. Ninja you didn't Turtles. bother saying that part.
1: It's the Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles show.
0: He said oh, the Nickelodeon, I think he said Nickelodeon show.
1: Oh, the Nickelodeon Ninja Turtles show, yeah. and then yeah. you have the Michael, Michael Bay produced movies. ones, Which have a different origin story. Or Transformers.
0: They do it too.
1: Yeah, they have a different canon yeah. TV show than the movie.
0: Now, what's interesting is while this is all happening with Sonic. There's a third tier of Sonic dumb. Have you looked at the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter in the last maybe 4 days? Mm. Some new guy got hired to run it and he's a meme machine and he's just like he is so snarky. He's like calling people out. He it's great. It is so good. Like they're told Sega's being very I love this new Sega. They're being very open, they're being very frank, they're being funny. It's a really entertaining account. Sega? What?
1: 90s Sega? 90 Sega?
0: Yeah, it's 90 Sega, kind of. Except then then they were just cocky. Now they're making mistakes. But mm-hmm. but yeah, like go look at that Twitter, all of you. At Sonic the Hedgehog. Or I think it's just at Sonic Hedgehog. I don't know. Are you, but,
1: the only one that's seen this about some hashtag or something. Oh,
0: they've been doing stuff like... Oh, I can't remember what it was, but they, they've just been on point with a lot of stuff where they've just been making fun of themselves, making fun of others. They're really embracing the Gago Fast thing and posting stuff about that. They just did a funny uh, Photoshop contest on Friday where it was like, um, we want to see your best photo where you add and knuckles to any sign anywhere in the world. <laughs> and it's like there's some great entries. Like they showed an example of like a diner where it's like, you know, donuts uh, coffee and knuckles or whatever and it's like it's great. They're they're their guy who's running it just having you can tell he's just having a blast doing it he's responding to people and it's funny. So so it's a nice it's nice to see Sega turn the, Sonic around. This is the Sega This is Sega's official verified Sonic the Hedgehog account. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and it's spectacular. But, uh, maybe I don't know, maybe Capcom should, should take some notes on how to properly reboot your franchise. They can see what Sega did wrong, and they can, you know, do the right thing. Because they, too, are in the middle of a revival, following that theme of bringing back old characters at E3. And this time, it's uh, Mega Man. So, they're doing it, they, well, first of all, they have treated Mega Man extremely differently than Sonic has treated, or Sega has treated Sonic. So, there's that. But now they're starting to sort of tiptoe back into making Mega Man games and making him an established character since, um, you know, Smash Bros. and Amiibo game him a bit of a profile boost. So now's really their opportunity to kind of seize that moment. So they're going to do it in 2017 because, you know, Strikewad's uh, strike ice cold again. But so basically what they're doing before 2017 is on the gaming side, they're going to be re- not reinventing the wheel, wheel at all or not really even making a new wheel. They're just kind of... Hey, remember this old wheel? We shined it up for you. So they're doing a collection called Mega Man Legacy Collection. It's gonna be Mega Man one through six, completely redone in 1080p on PS4, Xbox One, Steam, and not Wii U. But 3DS will get a three three Dified Mega Man one Is through six. Is
1: it because the Wii already has them on the eShop?
0: I would imagine so, because they're gonna sell this collection, which not only has the games, but comes with a uh, chat like a remix challenge mode, kind of like AS Remix, with online leaderboards, and it comes with a Mega Man database. And it comes with, like, artwork, like, prototype artwork. And it comes with a boss practice mode. And you're getting all that for only 15 bucks. Or, if you have a Wii U, you can get Mega Man 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 for, like, 6 bucks each. And you get way more money. So that's probably why it's not coming to Wii U. But it is coming to 3DS in the winter and all those other systems in the summer. But it actually sounds like a legitimate collection. Like, it's a good... They've done these before. They had the Mega Man Mega anniversary edition collection thing on GameCube, and it was kind of similar. Apparently
1: there were issues with those ports. Yeah,
0: they were bad. And this time they hired a developer whose sole purpose is to preserve and do like... You know in movies the Criterion Collection or Criterion Collection? This developer wants to do that for classic games. So they will up-res by hand with a special engine. There's all these old games like Mega Man 1 through 6, and then put all these DVD extra style things in there and online support make it more modern, but also do Pixel Perfect recreations of the gameplay so if it works it's cool and I'd like to see other franchises do it but m- more than anything else this is Mega Man this is Capcom's first Mega Man move in a bigger plan and actually the first is in Smash Bros that isn't a board game and isn't a crossover comic book with Sonic you know about that right Archie Comics is doing a Mega Man Sonic crossover series it's in the, like the fourth issue now it's as random as you would
1: That's
0: think old it's still going though or maybe it ended
1: it's we got Elvis got a comic at Comic Con for it.
0: Oh well, my point was my <laughs> Last point year. was this is the first yeah, but my point is this is the first thing they've done besides a board game and a crossover comic involving uh, Mega Man because okay. I was piggybacking off what you said. Oh,
1: okay, nice. you, you made it sound like no one's heard of that. Oh no
0: no or... no no no, I was saying I don't know if you know, but I didn't remember that Elvis got one. It is a bizarre crossover, but anyway, um, so I guess there are more than four issues. But yeah, uh, so this is the first step. The next thing with Mega Man they're doing, which is kind of interesting, is they are doing a TV show. For the first time since the 90s, one it's coming in 2017. It's gonna coincide with the 30th anniversary of Mega Man. It's gonna be 27 episodes. It's gonna be made by the Ben 10 team, or creators. So that's also happening. It's gonna be released globally. So we'll see, but it, we'll see what happens. But it's kind of nice to see Mega Man exist again because he was he was he was one of the icons of gaming. I mean, it's Tim Pac Man and Sonic and Smash Bros. It's third party, but only two of those characters have had any sort of anything in the last decade actually you know what's interesting all three of them have tv shows all three of them have games where they're completely or two of them have games where they're completely reinvented pac man sonic yeah. kind of strange interesting that they are that those three characters all have amiibo. their own <laughs> cross yeah they all have amiibo they all have their own cross media like plays kind of like the core watch will do and none of the nintendo characters do but all three third party guys in smash bros do kind of weird I just realized well
1: I mean I guess Mario had a TV show or something yeah like that. but I mean yeah, currently, yeah, yeah. currently
0: oh, yeah. I'm not investing in a new Mario anytime yeah. right? soon it, it seems but
1: they're kind of doing another musical Donkey Kong show
0: I hope they do what was that it, Donkey it, it, Kong it, it, the crystal
1: it was just Donkey Kong oh
0: but they're collecting crystals right yeah Oh
1: well the crystal coconut was like yeah uh, yeah that's what it is it could definitely work in this time if they make it more um campy
0: yeah you have to embrace it yeah yeah, but but it is really funny if you look at like so we have Sega and we have Capcom going into E3 both trying to bring back their main, main mascots and they're doing it in such polar opposite ways because you have Sega who's been like trying to shove Sonic down our throats forever and fans are like do not want and you have Capcom who won't do anything with Mega Man and fans are like we'll take anything please anything and now they're kind of starting to converge and like Sega's learning with their, from their mistakes and Capcom's realizing they made a mistake in not capitalizing on this so it's an interesting time. I think it's kind of a thing we're going to see a lot of at E3 this year. Because um, in addition to this, Natsume or Natsume, however you call them, whatever you prefer to call them, are doing a back-to-the-basics Harvest Moon for Wii U called Seeds of Memory. It's also coming, weirdly enough, to iOS, Android, and PC. Not 3DS, not PS4, not Xbox. But Wii U, iOS, Android, PC. So I think it's going to be an shot. So that's the
1: category Wii U falls in.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's going to be back to basics like old school Harvest Moon, supposedly. So there's a revival. And then outside of Nintendo's world, there's a lot like EA's rebooting Mirror's Edge for PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skating 5 is a thing that's happening. Um, there's obviously Guitar Hero Live, as we talked about a few episodes ago. There's Rock Band 4. And not just like revivals of franchises, but at E3 or around E3 we're seeing announcements. you know, there's uh ukulele there's Battlefront, there's ukulele, which is just Banjo kazooie reimagined. there's um now there's uh the what's it called? The game from former Castlevania guy. Bloodstained? Yes, Bloodstained Patrol The Night. Yeah, that that's interesting because it's part of the same trend of like old is new again in that so the former producer of Castlevania, Koji Igarashi, left Ka- left Konami Started a Kickstarter, Angrily, I don't yeah. Know. I don't know how angry it was. He kind of silently disappeared in his cowboy hat. He didn't hat.
1: slam the door on his way
0: out. He might have. You didn't witness. He said if... silently. Oh well, I mean, yeah, uh, huh, yeah. I was about to say, if a door slams but there's no fans there, does the door actually slam? I don't know. <laughs> I appreciate this long silence, though. So just dwell on that for a minute, everyone. Soak it in. Uh, no, but what I was going to say is, this was announced a few weeks ago. He started a Kickstarter. It's Basically Castlevania, 2D Castlevania, Metroidvania Castlevania games, like Symphony of the Night, in HD, made in part by uh, Intel, Intel Creates, who did uh, Azure, Azure Striker... What was it called? Gunvolt, thank you. Azure Striker Gunvolt, uh, as well as the Mega Man Zero games. And Armature Studios is handling the newly confirmed Wii U port, and Armature Studios made up a bunch of X Metric Prime developers from retro and Donkey Kong developers so um, yeah this is kind of a big thing It's um, those games are super fun first of all now he's basically taking the template scrapping the Castlevania references and making a new game also gothic also 2D also about you know exploring an open world but the Wii U one is going to end up being the definitive it sounds like because it's going to have off TV play it's going to use the gamepad for annotated maps it's got pro controller support it's got integrated Me support within the game mm. not Mii-verse Me verse Me. Which might mean me first, but all he says me. But point is, um, this wasn't originally planned for Wii U, and then it was a secret stretch goal. They hit it, they exceeded it. It's now the most successful video game Kickstarter of all time. Well, Yeah. It's raised millions of dollars. It's getting a physical and digital release. Be? Yeah. Well, so, this is just another example of like...
1: I remember thinking, like, wow, it's going to be hard to top my number 9 back in the day. <laughs>
0: <era." laughs> this is my number 9 done right, assuming development goes smoothly but um, just the concept of the revival but it really which is
1: what we're saying now because it's still fresh but then watch a year for now i going to do a second kickstarter for more money oh, TV show <laughs> hopefully not so maybe, no, like and a- then Deep
0: Silver will publish it in the end <laughs> it'll
1: be an anime They're going to get a manga yeah
0: yeah hopefully not but um
1: live action movie but even
0: my number 9 which kind of kickstarted this whole revival thing like, like everything <laughs> everything old is new again and I think that's going to be very apparent at the C3 more than most like, everybody looks. Why do you say everybody. that,
1: Jason? It's as if you have some predictions or something.
0: It's funny because that is a prediction, and I happen to have a few more. Why? Well, how did you know? Um. So yeah, in our final bit of news, we might as well talk about some predictions, because why not? Right. So, um, I mean, by the time you listen to this, it it could be three already. I don't know when you're listening. I'm not in your home. I'm not standing over your shoulder at this moment. I wonder how many people turned around and looked just to be sure.
1: Probably
0: none. I hope so, because it'd be sad if at least one did. Sorry, one guy that did. I didn't mean to call you sad. Um, yeah, so predictions. I mean, I have a couple of things I think are gonna be huge besides revivals. I don't know if you have anything, Jose. But one thing I think we're gonna see a lot of is uh, a bonanza of toy to life products. Because did you know, toy to life? By the way, Skylanders, Amiibo, Disney Infinity—that's like the category name. Toy to life. It's a toy that comes to digital life. Did you know, Jose Angel, whatever you want to be called? That uh, I didn't mean to be a jerk when I said that. I just called you the wrong name and tried to cover. Did you know, Angel, that Skylanders has sold 250 million toys and has made Activision three brought in $3 billion? I did. Because I told you before I recorded. Yes. Would you have known otherwise? Probably not. Okay. Here's another did you know, just to show you how big toys life has become. Did you know that reportedly, not confirmed, reportedly, the Jigglypuff Amiibo, the Target exclusive Jigglypuff Amiibo, was the fastest selling product ever? On target.com, it sold over 500 a minute, and its page, because of all the refreshes from all the rabid fans, had over a million page views when it went up.
1: I did know that too.
0: I didn't tell you that one, but you might have read it on the internet. Yeah. Yes. All right, here's a new one. Did you know, to really emphasize, to hit my point it's home. Not like
1: the Did You Know YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, non intentionate Vsauce or whatever. No, no. no oh, no, the no, actual no, Did You Know no, channel. That, like Did You Know Gaming. Or oh, like yeah, that. yeah, non intentionate. But Did You Know, this is a new one. If you notice, I'll be impressed. That according to NPD, in May, uh, Amiibo became the number one game accessory sold in the U.S. for the first time.
1: I did know that, actually. Internet? Yeah.
0: Well, great. Okay. Well, point being, Toy to Life, if you couldn't tell, is kind of a big deal now. And E3's got to be covered in it. Because along with Amiibo stuff, Nintendo's probably going to announce some stuff, uh, Amiibo Inquirer and the, and the Amiibo subreddit have found that Nintendo's reprinting a ton of old Amiibo. So I'm sure something's up. They're probably gonna have some new Amiibo. They have stuff like the Chibi Robo Amiibo. But in addition to that, all the other guys are getting in too. Because going
1: to get into it with all their
0: I don't... with all five other characters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Microsoft's it's, just going to have master chief. Gonna comments. The
1: PC, they're going to like make figures of other third party companies that don't really have much to do with them. Like they're
0: going to make a Battle Shock. That's basically what? Amiibo figure. They're going to make Double
1: Make Crime. Pretty much <laughs> every, everyone from All Stars.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's going to do. Be... Okay that's not even gonna do well. <laughs> well they're gonna try. But that's kinda what Lego Dimensions is doing, which is one of these other big toy to life things that we're gonna see at E three, is they announce to get
1: inside with Halo because they definitely can't yeah, yeah right. it would be they're like, hey,
0: does anyone want a. We haven't
1: uh, done that with Master Chief yet, so might as well. Since we already de- did everything else. They did yeah. Legos, I mean.
0: That's yeah. true. They, not only Legos, they also have the competitor, of Legos, Master Blocks, or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Mega Blocks. Mega Blocks.
1: And Mega Blocks, they had, they had um, both of them. I could totally, see, I could totally see Microsoft being they like. a giant Play Arts figure, a statue. They have
0: a Ford F 150. Like a 2015 Ford F 150 in halo green with custom stuff on it. Made by an auto company here in the Snacks, in California. That's gonna be at the show. Live
1: action shows, animated show. Do they have like Master Chief or helmet like, gummies? like Doritos? And, like, oh yeah, yeah. Tiny-ish. Oh, you know what's
0: crazy? Mountain Dew's the next Call of Duty show. promotion is with PlayStation, not Xbox. Mountain Dew's ditching Xbox. It's happened for the first time, or reportedly is gonna happen for the first time since Xbox launched in two thousand and one. Green Xbox, green Mountain Dew. It made perfect sense, but not anymore. They're going blue. They're going PlayStation. Oh, wow. It's kind of crazy if you think about. That's like a 15 year history that they just threw out the window. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I was gonna say that uh, Lego Dimensions is kind of doing what you're saying or what you're joking about with with Sony, and that they're bringing together. Just this is just one of the examples of the stuff we're gonna see. They're bringing together so many franchises. I mean, here not just Warner Brothers franchises, other stuff too. So they announced so far that we're gonna see. Lego figurines that work with Dimensions for The Simpsons, Portal, Ghostbusters, Scooby Doo, Jurassic World, Doctor Who, classic Midway arcade games, plus all the stuff they've already confirmed when they first announced Big it. Big Bang
1: Theory, or was that just a separate set? Big Bang Theory. I, I, I they. I wouldn't be surprised. It's more rather property. They just made a Big Bang Theory Lego set. Oh know. well, that's not Dimensions. I don't, no, 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 no. I, I don't remember if it was tested Dimensions. I, I just doubt. remember seeing it, the image.
0: I die. And keep in mind that's on, but that is on top of, um, you know. Lord of the rings and everything else they announced thus far so it's gonna be that's probably the closest we're gonna get to what you're describing with um with your sony scenario but on top of that there's already other toy life news too because we have disney infinity 3.0 with star wars for the first time there's super uh there's supercharged the new skylanders which includes vehicles for the first time and it comes with a bigger portal so you put the vehicles down like i'm sure there's gonna be at least one or two more big toy to life things at E3 and if not what's going to be really interesting okay it's not oh you looked it up yeah it's just a regular it's regular. Set. yeah I, I figured because it's not it wouldn't really make sense it wouldn't really make sense as, in dimensions like how's that work like oh I'm flying a T-Rex as Lego uh loss, and oh here comes Sheldon Bazinga and he runs away like what what happens <laughs> what's their ability what do they do
1: I can't really well
0: it wouldn't make sense really
1: playing with his Lego set germ. what they're also going to do the same thing I mean they could still do that with their
0: own Lego toys and that's, Lego true. that's true that's true that's true. It's
1: erect. Oh, little Sheldon, dude. Buzzinga. Catchphrase.
0: <laughs> say your catchphrase. Uh, but what I was going to say definitely
1: th- the weird Lego set. Like, yeah, it's uh, more of a
0: collector's thing than yeah. actually for kids to build with. But you know what's interesting about the toy life? To get back on track for a sec here is we might start seeing them come together. Different ones. There's a rumor going around. We'll find out at E3. But it's interesting because there's a rumor. Uh, Jeff Gertzman of Giant Bomb. He's the of co course. guy, of course. Uh, he he was talking on one of their podcasts, and he was meeting with the. He was saying he was recounting how he was meeting with the Skylanders team. And he was like, "Hey, what are the chances that like I don't know Amiibo are gonna work with Skylanders? Like in theory, because you guys have a good relationship with Nintendo." And their response was, "We have a big surprise at E3." So maybe because we talked about I think when Lego Dimensions was announced, how what happens? Like, are we gonna hit a bubble with the toy to life? You have four major things with so many toys, and parents are gonna be choosing. Like, okay, Timmy, if you want Amiibo, we'll do Amiibo. If you want Skylanders will do Skyliners, but I'm not getting you a third portal just to do Disney, and I'm not getting you a Lego portal. You've got four portals. Timmy, do you need four portals? I mean, you could use one portal. Why can't you use two portals? Why you need four? Like, you know, that situation. Um, so it could cause a ball to burst. But if things like crossovers happen, it becomes a lot easier to sell more toys overall. Because if you can, if, if the mom could say, oh, great, so I need one portal, and it works with the Legos and the Amiibo. And the, <laughs> 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 and, the, and, the, and the Disney-o, and the Skyland-o. Like, it, if, if it all plays together nicely and it's cheaper for me and I can still get Timmy all the characters he wants, why not? And it sounds like Activision's catching on, and Nintendo has said that the NFC on the gamepad doesn't have to be limited to Amiibo. They outright said other, other NFC will work with it if developers want. So maybe one day, maybe Skylanders will be the start when the rumor comes true, but maybe one day we'll see a nice synergetic... Every toy to life works with every other, because at the end of the day, it's all the same NFC chip. Like, it's not that hard. But yeah, so I think we're gonna see that at E3. The other thing I think we're gonna see at E3, besides toy life, is virtual reality everywhere. And this one doesn't really pertain to Nintendo directly, but, I mean, everyone has VR now. Oculus just did their big press conference on Thursday where they announced that, you ready for this? it will come with an Xbox controller, they're gonna have their own crazy touch motion sensing, uh, they're calling it Oculus Touch, their special motion sensing controllers that can actually sense if you're doing a thumbs up or a thumbs down using a camera you place on your desk and uh, infrared on the controllers and they kinda wrap around your hand. So that's kinda cool but it's gonna come with an Xbox One controller because they're not ready yet which is a bad move because accessories you have to buy after the fact will never be integrated as tightly with a product as during. Look at Kinect, they only had a handful of games. Look at some of the Wii accessories, only a handful of games. You need it there from day one. But what the Xbox One controller lets you do besides play the core games is you can stream. Are you ready for this? You can stream Xbox One games in your virtual reality headset. Not in virtual reality, mind you. You are sitting on your couch in your living room wearing an Oculus Rift headset. And in the virtual reality, you are sitting on the couch in the living room playing on a virtual TV in your virtual living room. It is a flat game on a TV in a fake room. That you're playing while sitting in a real room that, more <laughs> that, <laughs> that most likely has a real TV right in front of you, anyway. This For this real-
1: second, I. I'm like, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. You can play Xbox One games, but I literally took that as like games from the first Xbox because oh, oh no, no. like oh because it's not backwards. No Xbox One. Because I'm like, oh, it's not backwards compatible. That's kind of an interesting way to incorporate backwards compatibility. Right, right. But then it hit me like, no, he means Xbox, Xbox like, One. Xbox One. Like,
0: yeah, like I'll be, you know, let's say we're sitting. It's like, hey, you want to play Wii U? Yeah, I do. But I want you to see what I'm doing. So let me enter my <laughs> virtual world and guess, I'll play it on this.
1: Is that like the response to off-TV play? <laughs>
0: I, that's the only thing I could think of. is like if the TV's being used, it makes it's a good alternative. That's a, it's a good point. But what are the why th- does it have to be in a virtual wait. room? Have, you yeah, that, see that, the yeah
1: that's what I was about to say. Like, why does it have to simulate? Dude. Why can't it just show you like the screen? <laughs> you like. need to
0: see the footage. There's a gif going around the internet. It's like a lady's playing, and she's like tilting her head back and forth while playing. You know, she's playing. She's like reacting with her viola, like kind of like whatever. And then the room is tilting. Like she's in a room, and the room's like moving, but the TV's at the far end, kind of shifting around because she's moving her head. Just like in real life, when you move your head, the angle changes. It's like, who on earth needs this? (laughs) It's like, why does this exist? I mean, I think it's smart that Microsoft's doing this, doing the partnership because you know Project Morpheus, which is PlayStation's version of VR, is going to be at E3 in force. Uh, HTC and Valve have the Vive, which is their equivalent. Like, there's going to be all these big things, and Microsoft is kind of—they have HoloLens, but that's not—that's AR, not VR. So they need something to compete. So why not just buy your way into the, the the top dog of Oculus? But what were they thinking with that streaming? Like, I think I said something like this on Twitter, but I honestly think Oculus is like, okay, you know, guys, they're they're in a meeting or whatever, and they're like, guys, we're going to be made fun of. People are going to be like, you look stupid with the helmet, and what do you do inside your Oculus? Just play virtual video games? So what about this? What about this? Let's beat the parody to the punch. Before someone can make a parody where it's like, all you do is sit in a room and play a video game, just like in real life, let's make that a real feature. They can't make fun of us. Because it's already there, you can't make up something ridiculous if it's real, so that's my theory of um how that came to be.' <laughs> is some guys just like, we God, we gotta make sure they don't make this up. It's too ridiculous, so we'll just go ahead and throw it in ourselves, but yeah, it's so stupid, um but yeah, that's my other prediction, so v r toys to life there's gonna be the two things that dominate the mainstream news cycle for us Nintendo fans.
1: I guess the only the next step would be like if're HoloLens. yeah, it actually um like you're still seeing your living room, but it just um overlays the game on top of your TV because it knows where your TV is. Oh, God. <laughs> and so then, like, so the person next to you is still watching the regular TV. Yeah. But you have your headphones on and the thing, so you're, it's like, I guess it's kind of like the 3D glasses with the PS3. Right, right. And so you can watch two different
0: things at the same time. Yeah. You know what's funny about Holland is it's false advertising, kind of. No, I mean, no, like, I mean, like, you have... In every video they show, you're in a full 360-degree environment. Everywhere you look, Holland's like, oh, look, here's... You want to know the weather in Maui? Well, we put an island on your desk, and there's the weather. Or, like, look on the wall. There's your Skype friend waving to you. Like, what it actually is is the field of vision is not much bigger than, like, a frame of your glasses. So if you look off the – you know how you feel like, look over the ridge of your glasses, for right. example? If you do that with HoloLens, holograms are gone. You just see a room. It's only – it's like a little window. It's not the whole experience. Every time they show the footage, it's actually wrong. At least that's what I've read from impressions from like uh, The Verge and others. But just kind of like, that's a little disappointing. It's very reminiscent of Connect When they first showed the Kinect, it's like, yeah, you you, you want a skateboard? Do you want to skate with your skateboard and Tony Hawk? Just scan it in. That never happened. Or the whole, like, hey, you can kick your foot and it will like show you the bottom of your shoe. Remember that? Right. I, that sort of happened, but not really. <laughs> like, the Connect was a lot of hype that didn't deliver. HoloLens looks kind of similar. I love the idea of it. but And then, of course, there's a question of will any of this VR stuff actually catch on? Because... I've said this before, but how many people are going to come home and be like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm just going to go play some video games. Let me strap on my helmet and literally leave this world. Like, what if you get a phone call? It's so hard to pause your game, especially like, especially if you're just playing a virtual game in a virtual living room. You have to, like, leave your virtual living room, go back to your real living room, answer your phone. <laughs> it's just so, it's so stupid. But, um... Imagine you you like
1: down On that virtual living room And there's like Digital hands holding Oh you know, my god That the But actually animates To press the buttons when you. Imagine if on.
0: you can use Bluetooth and have a digital A virtual phone In your virtual world That connects to the outside world So you can still like Order real pizza Or better yet What well if there's a virtual Domino's You can walk into And get a pizza And then the Domino's Brings the pizza to your house In real life Now that is VR I would do That right there but yeah, so those are my two big predictions for E3. Is like just as what mainstream will cover, it's like what what you'll see in Time, what you see in CNN.com. In terms of what us Nintendo fans will see, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> I was gonna have the championship and just be like, "Thanks for coming out." We're gonna do one quick round of uh, Mario speedrunning, and we're done. All right, bye. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. It um, I think Animal Crossing pretty much is shooing. Like, we obviously are gonna see Star Fox. Um, I don't know it'll be interesting Devil's Third is already coming out in Europe and Japan announced in the, uh, in August we'll talk about when they announce it here in the States but it sounds like that's coming here in August so there will be stuff there will be stuff but um, the one thing to keep in mind and we'll talk about this at the end of the show but we are covering all of it keep an eye around Nintendo we are going to the Nintendo world championships we are going to all so we are playing games that aren't going to be yet. like we're playing we're going to E3 events and playing stuff so we will have impressions and you don't want to miss it but before we get to those impressions, we should get to these impressions, which are the ones that the episode are named after, Splatoon, the IT game for Nintendo at the moment. So, I think it's safe to say to the town kind of has a hit on their hands with Splatoon, at least in terms of how it's performing. Just real be quick. to top ash Yeah, I mean, that's a big accomplishment. For a little bit. Yeah, for like a good well, day. Well,
1: no, not for, for a significant amount, I'm not going to lie.
0: Yeah, but real quick before we do actual impressions, just a fun factoid, because really, MPD numbers came out, usually we do a whole Jason Sales corner, there's not much to say except Splatoon, which is that... Two days on the chart, already fifth best selling game in May in those two days. 136,000 units, which isn't gangbusters, but for two days for a new franchise, pretty good. In Japan, even better. It actually sold through 97% of all the copies they released. That is a higher sell through rate than most games. It beat the previous record holder of Pokemon Diamond. Splatoon, a new franchise, beat Pokemon Diamond, an established one. Pretty impressive. And on top of that, they're now in their second week in Japan, and the sell through rate's at 90% still. So it's not, even, it's not like there's a burst of gain and it's falling off a cliff. It seems, at least for a week or two, to be holding previous studies. So people are buying it, and the question is, is it worth buying? And that's pretty much what we're going to be discussing from here on out. So you've played more than I have. You've done all the modes. You beat single player. I've done some of the modes. I've played single player, a chunk, a, he- a healthy chunk. But So I don't know if you want to like, take the lead on this, and I'll just chime in. But, uh... but maybe we start with multiplayer and kind of work our way through that, and then talk single player. I could work maybe okay.
1: Um, I guess I'll start with the simplest version of it. Turf, since um, we did talk about turf war a bit, it's yep. still basically the same thing. Like, yep. well, uh, well, I guess I'll start with it's just uh, the one versus one, just because it's the simplest thing to talk about. I thought it was going to be a lot boring or not that interesting. Oh, the battle dojo, yeah, the battle dojo, the 1v1. Right. right, um, but I went to a Smash Bros tournament, and as a side event, they had like a Splatoon platoon running sure but but i guess the person had just bought it but they didn't realize that you can't really do much as far as multiplayer goes they said one versus one day for some reason thought that you could get four people to play with each other
0: and so misinformed they should stop playing smash bros and read the news i know right
1: <laughs> and um so then like and no one was really like that interested in playing there was like one other person so then yeah. like, i got with them and we just did the one versus one and it was so really fun like it was actually fun like to like like, oh, the balloons are going to appear in, like, four seconds. Oh, i got to get over there. Oh, i got to, like, disrupt the path of my opponent. And then as soon as, like, the balloons appear, like... Well, you're, like, distracted shooting the balloons. You have to, like, kind of keep an eye out because you're aiming at the balloon so your opponent could very well be, like, shooting you right there. So you'll die out of nowhere because you can't aim at both at the same time. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's it's hectic. It, it's more hectic
0: fun. than it seems? Because I, yeah. I haven't tried single-player. A... Sorry, one-on-one, but it seems not hectic. <laughs>
1: and then I'm throwing in items, like basically like there's no go ga- there's no gauge you fill up to get your special or you just hit a box and you could automatically have like an ink strike but you can't set the ink strike obviously because you don't have your gamepad to tap it because someone else is using the gamepad right so it just automatically homes in like wherever your opponent is so it's just it's, right it's, it's, it's chaotic enough. It's, it's fun i mean it's obviously not going to replace multiplayer i mean it can't but it's but while we're on the topic of the local experience
0: Single player. Probably a good time to mention it now, right? Because that's, that's the one thing that we never got to try before now. Like, We've, we've done multiplayer in the past. I guess we can kind of always compare and contrast how it is Uh-oh. versus how we thought it would be. But single player is like a totally. We never got to play yeah, that before. Single
1: player, basically, you're just stuck with the splatter
0: shot. Yeah. You... It's Mario Galaxy, but with Mario Sunshine yeah. mechanics. In a nutshell.
1: And first of all, we're like, why is everything like. Why are you is everything on like a Mario Galaxy what but like oh makes sense because since you could pretty much move anywhere Ink can take you it mm-hmm. has to limit so you don't go off like the grid
0: yeah as and, a design idea it actually yeah. is more logical than even Mario Galaxy was Mario Galaxy was yeah they really, have to carry, really like, keep it yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, for even going like from discovering like a crazy way to beat the level without right. actually going on the level
0: anyway that would make sense to let you go between is either the super jump points or the ink pipes where you can't have freedom because it's literally one direction or the other yeah yeah
1: so single player was really fun the levels are really short to keep you interested there's only Mm -hmm. like three different kinds of levels there's um octolink battle levels there's ink strike levels and then there's just point a to point b levels yeah and i like how like each world like, they keep introducing new concepts or they keep bringing back old concepts and just making them a little harder yeah or just like adding new swiss to it like for example the like those tubes that you travel from i mean the they're not tubes it's like a ink giant, rails. yeah the ink rails like in the beginning you it's like oh okay they're just for transportation whatever and then later in the level like late in another world you use them again but more like like train tracks, like you kind of mm-hmm. have to like move around to dodge enemies, and then you jump up and to attack them, and you go that's, back to the ink rails.
0: Yeah, that's something Nintendo's done super well with a lot of their 1st part games. And Splatoon, which is a somewhat younger development team, almost shows that. Like this gives me faith that Nintendo's when Miyamoto retires is set because they have this design philosophy that Splatoon embodies so well. And it's not a single-player I've played, where it's like you don't actually—they're constantly teaching you but they're not being in your face about it. Like, they're always introducing new mechanics, and then they, they spend about a third level teaching you that mechanic. Another third level, they kind of let you try the mechanic for yourself and yeah, see how it varies. They'll do it in a controlled environment first, yeah. and then exactly. they'll
1: do it in a way that you can die, but it's not like a harsh person. Yeah. And then they'll do it in a way that, like, they're full-on. They're holding it. your
0: hand and you don't even realize it. And that's that's the thing that, like, that's what to me makes Splatoon, actually, the single player really fun. Is that it's, basically a, it's basically like a 3D Mario, but with squirt ink, ink guns. Yeah. it's more of Sunshine
1: and then the bosses are really cool I mean actually there's like one that was kind of lame actually two were kind of like eh. but overall like the boss designs club yeah the that. the boss is really cool especially the final boss like I kept getting yeah don't spoil I, that I, I kept, I kept hearing things. like a lot of hype for it on Twitter and I was like oh, it can't be that cool like and I'm gonna be disappointed and even thinking that I saw I was like huh well I was wrong
0: yeah and I was impressed with the first boss honestly when I'm like Oh, you have to like swim up him with ink. I get because you're an ink, and you can go any direct. Like I was just like that's clever, even though it's so rudimentary if you think about it. Yeah. But it's yeah. And then um,
1: because the levels are so short, I actually really really encourage you to try to find the scroll,
0: the the, the deep sea the sunken scroll. scroll. Yeah, it's like a scroll in your first playthrough right? one kind of, for those that don't know there's one hint in every level and they give a ton of backstory about the history of the inklings and how they came to be of yeah, all things
1: yeah and a lot of it <laughs> it's, it's pretty interesting read it's amusing to for go, sure. to go through all of it and um, it's funny because um the scrolls actually hint at the that weird control scheme before nintendo even unveiled it
0: oh yeah we haven't done a podcast since then so for those for one-on-one battles if you want to use motion controls
1: <laughs> if um, you want
0: to use motion controls on a pro controller Grab a shoelace and tie the game, the Wii remote under the Pro controller, and then enter a cheat code that's on the Splatoon Tumblr and boom, you have Jerry rigged your own motion controller out of a Pro controller, and it yeah. works. Well, and people like it.
1: <laughs> it's funny because like in that second scroll, like you see the, a contro- you see a Pro controller tied with a Wiimote, but yeah. you also see the buttons highlighted. You right. Prepared, right. So. Well,
0: there has to be a way to find that out in the game because everyone follows their social, their Tumblr. Well, you know?
1: as far as they can tell, that's the only way.
0: Yeah, but I mean, the fact you know. that like that's how cheat codes work is they're somewhere in the game, usually oh, yeah. buried deep, but and way, then they get highlighted online.
1: Either way, you definitely encourage you to do it because I, I kind of found like I always try to like to go like oh okay I, it looks like a Google I could go this way oh there's a scroll there yeah but some of them weren't that obvious and at some point I just decided just to speed run it. And then I went back and replayed I basically had to replay the game twice. Right. And um, but, but 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 it, but it was fun, it was still really fun. And you collect these little eggs along the way and you use them to upgrade your shot speed, your burst radius, you get more sub weapons and it definitely helps. It makes boss it makes Previous levels a lot easier. Um, it just makes it really fun. It's just, Although um, to be general.
0: clear, those are separate upgrades from multiplayer. Oh yeah, this is within different. single player. Yeah, but yeah, it is fun. It lets you kind of feel like you're accomplishing more than just going through levels. And then, um, sure.
1: and I guess I might as well talk about the amiibo at this point for those that have them because it is single player related. Mm-hmm. Um, you play through those same levels. Well, they pick three levels from every single world. So there's five worlds. So you're replaying three levels in their entirety. You're not playing seconds of it but just with a different weapon or different conditions. So I ended up having to basically beat the game three, four, five times. Because you do have to (laughs) beat... Because you don't get your reward until you beat the boss from those sets of levels. So you have to play the final boss five times to get at at least four times to get everything. One thing that did kind of catch me off guard in a slightly... Like, oh, I guess it's a good thing to have the amiibo. Those um, games that you play... Yeah, like the little games that you play while you're waiting. You can oh l- the
0: NES style. Or yeah, play. like for
1: some reason I figured like oh okay since they were displayed in the in the direct I figured there was some way to unlock them like within the game. But you unlock them all using the amiibo. So that means <clears> if someone doesn't have any amiibo, all they're gonna be stuck with is squid jump. The music one that I thought was just a soundtrack player is actually the rhythm one. You just have to press L to turn into a rhythm game. Um, oh. <laughs> Yeah, the that one, the racing one, the spiking volleyball one—they're all the amiibo ones. They're so. all locked behind
0: amiibo. Yeah. That see, that's the concern we had last episode we, like, we talked about know this that, in depth. Yeah, last so episode. when they appear,
1: they're like, "Wait, is there another way to unlock them?" Or is, yeah, like that's the only way. That's like already like already here Like already combed through the whole like game. Like there's nothing else you can really
0: do. That's so that that sucks. That's. That's troublesome. We spent so long last episode talking about, like, the, the, the paywall that is Amiibo that I kind of don't want to rehash it now, because, you know, I want listened listen before already knows it, but, knows our take, but, um, I really hope Nintendo go that route in the future, because that's unfair to, that's, that's on-disc DLC I mean, that costs, like, triple what on-disc, on-disc DLC should cost.
1: I mean, sure, after, I mean, after playing the games, those little games a lot, I mean, they're not that great to warrant like you're feeling like but I, w- I wouldn't they're say- on the disc already. i know i mean i wouldn't say you're missing out except for maybe the music one because that one's kind of fun it looks it, fun. especially because you could also like just play any track so it's kind of fun just to listen to the ones you really liked while you're waiting even though sometimes the wait times in between rounds are so short you can barely even like boot them up seriously
0: um, and then sometimes they're so long that you're like i stop playing please
1: yeah. <laughs> but at least especially with the amiibos like you need the amiibos to get the armor the special armor that you can use in multiplayer like your predator but, outfit yeah the predator outfit but you can't do any of those amiibo levels until you've completed them in the story mode so you have to 100% story Another the story one. mode before you can even right. do that so you definitely have to do that now
0: I haven't done that yet but just my offhand random observations about single players that one you do the, the structure of it is so classic Mario it's I keep going back to this because it keeps feeling more and more true. It's basically Mario with ink guns, because not necessarily in terms of like the platform, but in terms of structure. Like there's an overworld map, and you go from spot to spot on the It's like the New Super Mario Bros. map, but like a, as from a third person perspective. Like you're literally just it's an overworld, you just go spot to spot, and then you go in, and there's these nice, quick, like you said, like little quick burst levels that are really fun and introduce new concepts. And it's just it's just a good training method if you're not good at multiplayer because like I first played multiplayer and then I went and did single player and I was playing single player I'm like oh my god and I never even thought of like swimming this much cuz like you know when I'm playing multiplayer at first it's like oh third person shooter mentality you duck you you move you whatever but in single player they really like they really walk you through in the early stages especially they give
1: you some like, helpful tips like oh tap, yeah. jump while going up a wall to go faster on yeah. wall? that never really hurt to me
0: yeah or even just like Hey, you gotta swim through this part and do a certain thing. Like, I found myself. I started doing this technique in single player, like probably around World Two, where I would like, if there like a bunch, if there's like an enemy, like a big enemy on the other side of a jump or something, I'd just be like, screw it, I'm gonna rush him. So I would just go in as a squid, jump really fast, and then literally jump out of squid, be above him, and just point the gun down, just shoot him on my way down from the jump, and boom, he's dead. And I felt super awesome. And I wish it was in slow mo, but um, but yeah, no, just stuff like that. I never thought of doing multiplayer and single player is like a really good like test ground for that because you can't really. You can die, but like if you fall off the stage or whatever, you just come back with a third of your health gone. Like It's not really the end of the world. So it's a really good practice of sorts mm-hmm. for multiplayer. And it's really fun in its own right. And it is a bit short. I mean, I got through a good chunk of it really quickly. But it's fun. It's I, I'm really enjoying it. And it's fine that a game that we were worried wouldn't have any single player has something as solid as it does with, with Splatoons. Yeah. But of course, the majority of the game is multiplayer so there's turf war there's rank battles there's um more coming we've talked before about the mechanics of it so i guess now it's just kind of like now that we've sat down and played it for a prolonged period we've done multiple 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 online sessions i guess it's kind of like what things are sticking out as really good what things are sticking out as really bad as we've gone through it. this again it's gonna be constantly evolving which actually that's that's the first thing i kind of want to talk about real quick is just the fact that nintendo's doing that whole it's constantly evolving thing like last episode or two episodes ago i was saying kind of in dismay like oh no nintendo's gonna start releasing unfinished games it's gonna suck like they're just gonna keep pushing out dlc eventually it's just a marketing move and while true they i think it's still true they are moving really quickly with new weapons and stuff like every three days they're tweeting like hey here's the, the zapper 85 or just it's like here's a gatling gun and it's just like or whatever they called it Splatling gun, I don't know. And it's just like wow. It's like literally multiple times That's a week. Splatomatic, Splatmac, multiple times a week they're pushing out new weapons. They're getting you to go back and get re-engaged with the game. Like even though there's limited maps, you're not you're not entirely getting sick of it because they keep adding stuff. I wonder how long this is gonna go for. I mean modes, modes. I wish they had more modes up front. Um, but in terms of like new weapons and things, it's they're they're moving they also fast. they more
1: in the rotation. The rotation, yes, the rotation is so the worst part
0: of multiplayer we were complaining about this on the phone while playing multiple times and basically how it works for those that don't know is you get two maps every three hours and it rotates but every four hours you're right and it rotates between um those two why only two maps why not all five and just at random nobody really knows but basically what happens is you play for like an hour and
1: then i had a section where we played the same map like i think it was five or six times we played it seven times yeah
0: seven times and it's just like I don't know why you can't just randomize all five and, and even then five's a small number and I understand they're gonna add more maps in the future and I almost think they do this four hour split because you're not gonna play for four hours straight you're not gonna go man there's only five maps this sucks because you're only seeing two of them in A1 session so it's kind of way of making it look like there's more to the game than there is but it's just like it's, it's really bizarre it's probably my one big complaint with the game because everything else I really like. Like, multiplayer is short enough that you can do, yeah, like...
1: If, if it had more maps up front... And yeah. it, I mean, it looks like there's enough room on the little bubble that you could rotate three maps at once, which I yeah. think they are going to do once they have all their maps out. Yeah. But I guess right now, just because it's still early on... Um, but why
0: even rotate three? Why not just... Like, ultimately, they'll probably have ten or twelve. Why not just put all ten or twelve in the random? I don't... Yeah. In the shuffle. Like, I don't, I don't get it. But, but I will say that, like, one really nice thing about the game is because we played... Each of our sessions is probably what... When we played against each other, opposed against other random people like, 90 minutes? Two hours? Something like that? Like, it's... It's great, because like if you have 20 minutes play, you can get a few matches in. If you have a lot of time, you can keep playing and still have fun. Like, it's really good at catering to any gameplay length, excluding the map issue. But, but, yeah. I don't know. The other thing I really like, actually, is how accessible it is. Like, it's really good at catering to any sort of play length. It's really good at catering to any sort of player, in the sense that most shooters... You gotta be good at shooting. You you have to if you want to be a contributor. You gotta get the highest kill count. You gotta get whatever. You
1: still have to be good at shooting. You have to
0: be good at shooting, but you can still be a part of the team and still make a difference. Oh, just yeah. going off to the side and using the paint roller, or just like there's so many different ways to win that in turf war. Yeah, in turf war. in turf war. in splat zones, it's different. I know, but but in turf war, which is the you know the the thing you play first, it is really nice that like you can suck at shooting and have to learn how to be better, and you're given an opportunity to still actually feel like you're contributing and playing and having it fun. Just by
1: firing the gun, you're helping.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, because in so many shooters, it's like you go in and all these people are really good, and you're just like, I, you're dead. I, <laughs> yeah, this isn't fun. Like, that's what happened to me at Call of Duty on Wii U. Like, everyone was so good, and I'm just like, I'm over this. It's whatever. But this one, even if I'm sucking at shooting, and even though I never get first place in the team, always second, third, or, or fourth, I'm even in 4th I'm like oh cool well I you know did this much ink myself and you know I, we, it, it, was, it was fun it made that patch right
1: there that's that my... patch was
0: all mine until the other guy rolled over it but for those two minutes all mine but yeah it's just like it's cool that it's like it's it's very Nintendo-y like it's very accessible but still has a lot of depth to it through all the customization and stuff so I, I don't know those are my couple of things I wanted to say but I mean you probably have some thoughts on multiplayer you've played more of the modes and more depth than I have probably it
1: takes a long time to level up Yes, but, it does. But then you level up a lot faster in tur- No and i um, Splat Zone. Cuz it's ranked, I assume. Yeah, but then if you lose you get like absolutely nothing in levels and you actually lose in points in ranking. But Splat Zone is really fun. I really really like it. Definitely a lot more than um Turf War. But I, I mean especially because um since you're only for, like concentrating on one specific area. Yeah all the players are going to be going to that area so you're definitely engaged a lot more in combat especially with like yeah just the, all. yeah the, that's uh, true it's, it's more of a frenzy yeah the entire team like I mean like, we, there was um that level I forgot what it's called the one with the two it's like on top of the ocean there's like two sections off to the top and the bottom oh you know?
0: salt spray rig rig, something like that tea salt right? rig salt spray rig
1: well that one um spot zone people kind of ignore the total top and bottom because it's kind of irrelevant yeah you just go in the middle yeah, I mean I could maybe see some strategic reason to go down there maybe, maybe to increase your your meet your special meter without mm-hmm. like engaging the enemy. Yeah. But for the most part like like there was rounds ma- there was runs where all I did was focus on just killing my enemy just so that they wouldn't intermere. And that's all I did. I didn't even bother like actually affecting this platform. Right. And we won. And I'm really liking the I don't know. I've kind of been thinking with the Aerospray and the Splattershot Pro.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Those are really good. I'm that. still
0: trying to find my gun. Also, I forgot to mention one good thing about the rollout is they're rolling out maps much faster than I expected, too. They've already done two in a week. I don't think many rollers in there. Kelp Dome and uh, the, the Shipping Crate one. Thoughts, no, um... The shipping plankton something. Plankton Pike? Uh, I don't know. Here. Anyway, um, but yeah, no. I I found that I still am trying to figure out what gun I like. For a uh, while, it, it, for while it, I was it, doing roller... But you can... It's funny how when we did the test fire, everyone's like, oh, roller's overpowered. It, everyone, no, oh, it's so unfair. No, it's really not overpowered. you come to realize that. It takes a good second for you to do the splat to kill someone out like to do the shake the ink thing, and then that time someone can just kill you.
1: Like, oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's definitely
0: more balanced than it I mean, seems. I oh,
1: yeah, all, all weapons are the best weapons.
0: Yeah, like, um, it's actually surprisingly balanced. Like, but, every, I feel like every two days on Twitter, someone's like, this gun's go overpowered. I'm like, but two days ago that other gun. Nothing's was, changed.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, I... I definitely do feel that way but a lot of people I mean at least I would say the most popular weapon right now seems to be the Aerospray
0: yeah I've seen a lot which
1: of I actually do kind of like a lot
0: well see yeah I mean I liked the roller a lot when it was the popular one too It's nothing wrong with that no 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 I know but, but yeah yeah I no, the Aerospray no, yeah,
1: I, I mean I especially the the specific one that I use because a lot of people seem to like the one with the with the bomb party one. Oh yeah yeah but I like to use the one that um has the ink strike for one of for my special mhm and for the sub weapon, it has like a little remote control thing.
0: Oh, the the well, yeah. the the homing. The little, uh, it looks like kind of it kind of looks like a bomb chew from Zelda, but trying. Oh, uh, that looked
1: like a like a little boat. Oh, I guess it's like supposed a to little be a hovercraft. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, anyway, that one I really, really, really like. But either way, turf one's really fun. Multiplayer is fun.
0: One thing I'd expect with multiplayer, though, is how significant the special attacks are. Or oh Can yeah. be because there's like this new strategy of like people. There's like an ink tornado and like an ink. Sp- like raining down Yeah, like as one person uses their ink strike on the splash zone thank the, you.
1: the other person uses their ink strike to pretty much negate that yeah, ink
0: strike. But I've noticed this thing like I when we did the test fire there were specials but they were kind of meaningless. But when you play the real game, like there's a lot of strategy and just like using the ink strike in the last half a second of a match to give yeah. you that last splash. You're doing the ink tornado in such a way that it like you know it, there's many I mean the things. Inksuka. Yeah, or yeah the ink suka and the tornado that comes out of it. Like it's it's really interesting to see how much more depth because when we played the the test fire, we were like, "Oh yeah, there's gonna be so much depth here." And I don't even think I didn't even consider the special weapons when I said that. I was just like based just strictly on the different guns. There's a lot of depth, but no, when you add in the specials, it's like a whole other level of strategy.
1: Well, we only had a few to work with. We only had the burst bombs, the yeah. regular bombs, and the Inzuka. Yeah, I yeah. mean this time you have the Kraken, which is like wrecking teams a lot if you're not careful. Then you also have the um...
0: For those like wondering that. what that cackling is, there are fireworks going off outside. Hey, I don't know why. Happy, happy Fourth of July, folks! It's June.
1: <laughs> well, people are graduating.
0: You know what it is. You know what it is. People are super amped for E3. Yeah. Yeah, but sorry, you are saying. So there's I also the echo locator one. Oh, that that one is actually really handy. I found myself wanting to use that one more than anything because there's so many times I'll be like, because my habit was like, oh well, I'm not good at, shooting. I'm not good at killing. I'm just gonna go paint. So I would go into like opposing team turf like way deep and start painting and the echo locator is actually useful to kind of have a sense of who's hiding and waiting for me to you know waiting for me to pass them and then sneak up behind me yeah. but uh but it, one other thing worth mentioning is we talked a lot before it came out about voice chat and whether it matters and at the time and in the time since the developers have been really clear that like listen we're leaving it out because uh we want the game to be accessible to so for people that are uncomfortable voice chatting, it's not an option. For people that are comfortable with voice chat but don't know what they're getting into, they can be cursed out. We don't want to have that, and we offer strategy with the gamepad and everything. And it's funny because when we first played it, uh, the final game, you and I were on the phone, and we were like, "Oh, we could strategize." Neither of us said a word during the match because we were so engrossed. Like, there's nothing to strategize. It was more about. like, "Like, oh,
1: I just died. Oh,
0: I just yeah." Died it's like you're. It's so fast moving, and you're already seeing everything on the map. That really, I don't think you're missing much with voice chat. Yeah, you chat. already
1: know, you pretty much know what, where to go or what to do. Yeah,
0: and if you do need to do something, they have the little come on and booyah buttons, which, if you say come on, it does, if you're in someone of a vicinity, it will point to where that person is, so if they need help and say come on and you see on the map that you're nearby, you can get to them. That is a form of communication. And booyah is just like, hurrah, there's really no point to that one, but um, except celebration. But yeah, I feel like like everyone, us, me included, before the game came out was just like, oh god, voice chat. That's so weird that they left it out. But now it's like, I, w- what would I even be saying? I mean, the most you could say is like, hey, I need help over here. But if someone looks at the map or hears your come on, they get the exact same message without the risk of hearing all sorts of inappropriate name-calling being shouted at them. So it it's not as big of a loss as you would think. At all. Yeah yeah but but and overall it's a really fun game I especially really, when you're playing
1: yeah. um rank a lot of people don't realize that um most like the norm the norm for ranked matches and like other games like other first person shooters is that you can't even play with your friends in rank there's like a specific mode right like for that so i mean when you're playing um splat zone you're like, there's not going to be any voice chat anyway, so... Right. Well, I mean, I guess there will be, but you're just talking to random people at that point, and you're not even in the same team, so it's like, yeah. I don't even... Why would you care to talk
0: Yeah, to that's talk? another thing that I remember you were concerned about going into Splatoon before it came out. We talked about it, I think, last episode. The idea that you can't always play with or against your friend. It shuffles. Yeah.
1: What
0: do you think of that? Now that we're having many weeks after. Um, nah, it's actually I, not that bad, I,
1: right? I, I, it was fun to play against you and with you.
0: Yeah, like, it's actually really not bad. I
1: mean, eventually... I guess it would be cool, like to have like just a whole team of your friends. Yeah, but we'll see
0: what that we'll one. see how many we you yeah. guys we know we'll actually. We'll cross that bridge when we do get it. there. The one final thought I want to share about the game is: oh my god, his personality is insane. Like there are so many puns; it puts our podcast to shame. There are so many like in weird jokes. There's so many weird squid slang, like weird squid expressions that are expressions within the game. Is like like I love the like kind of like jet set jet grind radio like vibe that has going on it's it's a really cool the game just and the music is super bizarre and trippy and cool like it's just it's a really unique even for nintendo it's very unique but still has that nintendo touch like the little attention to detail like when you're fighting the Octarians, they have so much personality just as they said stand there and shoot you like it's just everything about the game just feels like you're really in this bizarre little squid inkling world
1: you know what's funny um i guess you follow the story a little like, mm. it's not really spoiling much but like actually, uh, man, 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 I don't know not not it's been like
0: what I don't know pretty much alright like, spoiler alert skip ahead two minutes if you don't want anything about Splatoon spoiled go
1: okay spoiler alert alright so it's pretty much a given after you read the the scrolls that this takes place like in uh, like many years after Earth like pretty much like, okay yeah this would count as a spoiler like, like the human race kind of uh, this would
0: definitely count as a spoiler I'm glad we said spoiler alert
1: alright well I guess I just thought this was kind of interesting like the human race is considered dead, whatever. Like, this is, like, the inklings evolved from... Squid. From, yeah, from squid. And then became kids. Life. And then go back it and Took over Terran life. Yeah. Um, I remember many, many years ago, um, on the Discovery Channel, I was watching this... Um. I guess it was Animal Planet. It was pretty much just a, a documentary on evolution or whatever. Uh-huh. And it pretty much ended with, like, oh, right now our top scientists believe that... That the, the squid is actually going to be the most... Like, it's going to evolve into... Like it's gonna go okay. onto land and it's gonna pretty much take over everything because it's like it's the, the it's most, most adaptable, it's, it's the most versatile, and adaptable creature on Earth.
0: I wonder. And then they
1: showed and they showed like, I mean, like CG like squid monkey hybrids or squid elephants or whatever. I don't know, like giant bees. I wonder if
0: Nintendo thing. saw that documentary. <laughs> so,
1: and, so then when so when I saw that backstory and then I saw like was like, huh, it's like not even like that far fetched considering that this is already kind of a theory. Yeah. So I huh, just thought that was interesting. But
0: it's really funny that like. Spoilers over. It is really fun. I, if, if someone skipped ahead, how would they know that? Uh, how would they hear that? It is really fun, though, that, like, regardless of the backstory, like, these squid teenagers have, like... It's, like, normal teenagers. It's weird. It's, like, I don't know. The personality game is just so great. Although it can be a little overbearing at times. Like, uh, I don't know. I think we could leave out maybe um, the news broadcast from uh, Callie and Marie. However, their names are amazing because they're calamari oh yeah yeah uh, like actually yeah the puns the puns are top notch and the best thing but yeah I think we can leave out newscasts I think we can leave out some of the slang like being like oh that's so krill or whatever they said when you first start the game I'm like I just, no but then you kind of get used to it over time I guess but the nice thing is what complements all the ridiculousness oh, from the game
1: let's get to the end
0: and... oh, well, I'll see I will see this game I do plan to beat but uh, what's nice is that all the ridiculousness of the puns and the personality of the game is mirrored by the Meverse community within the game as well. It is so ridiculous how many squid puns there are and how many funny little things are written by people and, and all their crazy outfit combinations. And by the way, did you notice that the, all the different language and stuff for the squid language, like some of the characters when they put them on the hat form a squid, like a, like a shape of a squid. Like, they have, like, one of the default hats you guys like, a, a, triangle, a sideways carrot, oh, an yeah, equal yeah, sign, yeah, 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 and yeah, then, like, yeah, yeah, a squiggle yeah. line. It's like, oh, that's a squid. Yeah, yeah it's, it's everything squid. But, um, yeah, the Miiverse community for this is amazing. Like, there's so much funny good stuff in there. So, overall, I'm, and, that, and that, I think, bodes well for the time being, at least for other concern about the game, which is will the community be there in the long haul? and clearly how Nintendo's rolling out maps and weapons and eventually modes, and clearly how they're so heavily pushing the Miiverse stuff, not just in-game by having the plaza, which is great, but even Nintendo, for the first time I've ever seen them do this, they tweeted some of their favorite Miiverse posts in, from InSplatoon on Twitter. Like they, and, and the Tumblr is probably making references to it too, like they are really trying to build up a community. Nintendo has been tweeting things like, oh, tell us your favorite weapon, or like, oh, go to uh, Squid Board, which is like Smashboard for Squid first platoon or that sort of thing and like they're employed in terms between it in terms of themselves between it they never tweet fan stuff like that like they're really putting everything they've got into making sure this thing has a community and if the current reaction from people within the game is what continues to be what it is i don't think it's gonna be a concern like we thought it might be a few weeks ago granted we're three weeks in two weeks in, anything could change but right now it seems full steam ahead and i'm pretty excited to see where it goes so so yeah it's a really good game i think um i took Nintendo a very long time to do a new IP like this, and I think it's well-deserved. Like, I think it's deserving of the title being a true Nintendo game. It feels Nintendo-y. It is, in my opinion, what Mario Kart did for racing, this does for shooters. Basically. It Nintendoizes it, it mainstreams it, it provides a deep experience that's still super accessible. It's just, it's really, really good. I highly recommend picking it up if you own a Wii U. I would honestly say, if you don't own a Wii U, this plus Smash, plus Kart, plus 3D World, plus... Like, you should go buy a Wii U. Why are you listening to this if you don't? Oh, well, I guess you might have a 3DS. But, like, yeah. This is a it is a good game. A really good game. Yes. <laughs> and on that note, I think that pretty much does it for this episode. But don't turn it off quite yet. We have a lobby, three things to tell you, including giveaways. You want to hear about giveaways. So, it is now Sunday. You are listening to this because... Uh, you either just watched the Nintendo World Championship, you're waiting for the Intel World Championship, or it's sometime after the Nintendo World Championship, and I don't, I don't know. But, um, the point is, with that Nintendo World Championship and for the next week, Ram Nintendo's gonna be all over, there's gonna be so much going on, so follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on iTunes, here's a rough outline of what we're doing. We are at the World Championship when it happens, not now, obviously because we don't live in the future um, and we are going to cover it we are going to have photos, we are going to have ins- impressions from the inside of uh, the Nokia now Microsoft Theater, how weird is that the Nintendo World Championships are at the Microsoft Theater um, yeah we're going to be there and we're going to have photos up on the site pretty quickly so follow us on Twitter so you don't miss those and then we do our annual bonus E3 episode which is also our 100th episode on Tuesday, uh, I'm sorry it will be recorded on Tuesday right after Nintendo's digital event which is the 16th and we will have it up on the site by Wednesday the 17th so you don't want to miss that. Be sure if you subscribe on iTunes, you'll get. It. Otherwise, check it out. We're gonna be um, sharing thoughts on the Intel World Championship how it was handled, what went well, what went didn't go well, what was like inside beyond the pictures. You'll see like the actual like stories to tell. Who knows? Maybe we'll meet Miyamoto. I don't know. So of all that, plus of course full analysis and breakdown of every digital event announcement from Tuesday, and there's gonna be a lot of them. So you don't want to miss that episode. And then we'll be back to our normal schedule on June 28th, our normal bi-weekly schedule, where we will have additional news uh, analysis. We'll have impressions of a number of indie games for the eShop that we're going to have a nice opportunity to try during E3. We're going to possibly have impressions of other things from E3. That's all I'm going to say. And, um, and we're also going to be doing a big giveaway in that episode. We're celebrating episode 100 and episode 101. we have a rare Amiibo to give away very rare amiibo and that's just the start of a whole summer of contests so like we're ramping up e3s are we're going full steam ahead so you don't want to miss any of it and also in between those episodes we're not stopping we're gonna have photos and impressions of all sorts of stuff well photos and articles i should say of all sorts of stuff from e3 around la so you don't want to miss that include you know there's gonna be mario maker impressions in that june 20th episode as well because of the best buy thing long story short subscribe to us on itunes Follow us on Twitter at RamTendo. We're doing a lot. It's gonna be this the busiest time of year. It's probably our busiest. Actually, yes, this will be the busiest RamTendo's ever been during E3, and it's gonna be great. And we hope you're there for every step of the way because we are really excited to share our thoughts on E3 with you. So, so that pretty much does it. In addition to what I just said about RamTendo itself, you could follow us individually on Twitter because we're gonna be tweet. I'm sure we're gonna be tweeting up a storm the entire week of E3 and beyond. I know I'm gonna be ha- having a lot to say. So I'm JSR7. Angel is Wero, W-E-I-R-O, underscore O, which is also his with me, verse handle. if you want a friend or follow him there. You can find me at Jason R. And that pretty much does it. So we will see you on Tuesday, the or sorry, on Wednesday, the 17th, for our E3 bonus episode. You don't want to miss it. And follow us. We have lots coming. Yeah.